All right, so I'm here with Brett Figueroa. Fig- why do I? Yeah, that's good. Why do I have a hard good. time with Figueroa, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's close uh, enough. Yeah. So, and Brett was on the podcast uh, years ago, and um, he's heavily... Oh, come on. What's the problem here? No. Okay. All right, I thought... Uh, it seemed like the, the, the screen was going out there, but... Uh, so Brett's heavy into the, uh, it's kind of what, Joliet music scene, would you say? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, you got your stuff on uh, Bandcamp um, mm-hmm. that you sent me a link for, and I'll put the link um, on the video and then uh, on the Facebook stuff. Oh, great. Thanks. It on there, yeah. But it's interesting stuff. I mean, uh, like you, it seems like you're doing some experimental stuff with some experimental, I mean, the kids in the background and stuff like that with the drums, it's neat. Yeah. Uh, and um, with a bunch of different uh, bands too that you're you know playing with, and you're drum player, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah, for the most part, playing drum set, a uh, little bit of percussion here and there uh, with various projects in the area. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. I can. Now we, we talked last time. You uh, you you come from just like a musical family, right? So yeah. like uh, both parents were uh, musicians and stuff like that, like. They, they did, like, the whole band thing, right? And they were, like, uh, performing and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, um, they met when they were pretty young. I think my mom was 14. My dad was a little bit older. Uh, but uh, they played uh, in a wedding band, essentially, um, for quite a while. Um, right. By the time I came along, they were done with that. Yeah. But, you know, music was always around. On the house and everything yeah. else. Yeah, and I know both your brothers, and I know Chris has a pretty extensive vinyl collection and yeah. stuff like that that he yeah. showed me uh, just pictures of it uh, but um, and I just started collecting vinyl and it's like my collection's minuscule it's, it's, it's I mean I love what I got in there I probably have uh, like four days straight if I listen to music like and I would enjoy everything I listen to it's just crazy how everything has gone so digital and it's so easy to access it I mean, the records, it's dumb. It's, it's absolutely like the dumbest hobby in the world because I have to get up and change it. And my uh, 22-year-old son was like, what the hell? Like, you know, but he goes, he likes it because the album art and all that yeah, other stuff. Yeah. And even the stuff Great. that like you had, uh, who are the kids on the kidding around? Uh, yeah, those are my three boys on the okay, cover. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's neat, right? Like, it's yeah. neat stuff to have as far as album art goes and stuff. And then I'm sure your boys, you know, are into making sounds and stuff like I mean banging on stuff has got to be a kid thing anyway right yeah my uh, those three boys are 12 uh, 15 and 17 now oh wow yeah so the older two are in Lincoln Way drumline okay and uh, so yeah our now is that is... how you came up doing stuff like we did in the band in uh, Lincoln Way and... initially um, I started about uh, like 7th or 8th grade uh, self-taught for the most part, with a, a kit in my bedroom and just banging sure. away to the, wow, no lessons, the stereo. Or nothing, huh? no. Um, I would just play along to my favorite Motley Crue records and <laughs> that sort of thing. Tommy Lee was my guy. Yeah, I mean, so like you could just play along. Yeah, I just would try to you know hammer it out and. Uh, okay, so I gotta ask, like, yeah. when you did that, did you like? see him and play along like watch what he was doing you know yeah that's a great point uh we had mtv you know and i was a voracious consumer of that you know, yeah come sure. home from school and watch music videos and stuff and um so yeah that was a huge help to like see what they're doing yeah you know i had seen my dad 
play when I was real little a, a few times too and uh, and so yeah and then um, I had a, a, a cousin who played too actually do you know the Kuntzes? Uh, Beth Kuntz. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Nick Neal, Eric. Okay. But my cousin Eric played uh, for a while, and uh, so we were both kind of learning at a similar time. Um, but yeah, I didn't get any like formal instruction until, yeah, I had a friend, uh, Kevin Krause, who encouraged me to join Lincoln Way Drumline. Yeah. So I came in there not knowing how to read any music or anything, and it... That was a huge like, revelation and, and growing period in, in high school because their music program's great. Yeah, right, right, right. And we had great instructors there. And uh, and then I also, in high school, did take lessons at one point, maybe for a year or two, with Steve Yarborough. Did you know Steve? Yeah, that, that sounds real familiar. Um, Sean's yeah. age, I think, or okay. a year older. All right. Um. And he was great because uh, he worked. He really helped me learn how to read. So he would give me sheets of little things to practice and whatnot. Okay. Uh, and uh, kept feeding me um, uh, stuff to work on. So that sure. I mean, there's got to be like technique stuff. I mean, just totally. holding the sticks and stuff like that has to be a. Uh, so I got a buddy of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, Tom. And he did like a school of rock sort mm-hmm. of thing. I think he said at like forty six, and now he's in a band playing bass. They just played like a a gig in Manuka, and you know, like they're playing for money at places and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And he's been pretty serious about it for the last like four or five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, he picked it up pretty quick. And I mean, I'm certain like you know, if you're dedicated to it, you can pick it up quick. Yeah, but having someone. Like, I took guitar lessons when I was a kid from Mr. Keith Cohen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at the uh, grammar school. Uh, he's still playing. I heard he's still playing. Yeah. Uh, who's he? No, I heard he was, like, doing well with it or something. Yeah, he does, like, a big Elton John production, I think, and then maybe Steely Dan or something like that. Okay. He's got a few, like, tribute sort of acts. Right, 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 right. Uh, he was a great guy. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I still remember... Jeez, what is that? That's like fourth grade or something like. Yeah, that. I gotta class. say, like his his music classes were uh, left a big imprint on me. I still remember kid. what his favorite band is. Genesis was his favorite oh, band when we were. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you were talking about Genesis all the time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, all those people are great influences. Um, it's surprising to me that more people don't take the route that like my buddy Tom took, because. Like, you know, he picked it up pretty quick, and now he's, like, literally, like, I went to two different times that they played, and it was fun. Like, he's, you know, they played yeah. pretty much classic rock stuff mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And what's really cool, like, everyone's so worked up on sports all the time. Like, sports parents are crazy. But, um, like, the band thing, you could literally, like, actually do that. Like, you know, like, yeah. or teach it, or, you know, there, there's just all kinds of avenues to be doing music, and if you enjoy it. Like I, th- I think everybody's always result orientated when you should just be like process orientated. Mm-hmm. Where it's like if you're enjoying what you're doing and your bills are getting paid, then have fun, man. Like go yeah, do that thing absolutely. and have fun doing it. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. It'd be great, you know, right, to have someone 
you know, find you and like, you know, make something out of you. But nowadays there's so many avenues to yeah. with, uh, um, but the, like there's all kinds of uh, SoundCloud and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. SoundCloud, like, there's just Spotify, people, yeah, making their own music. Yeah, that stuff yeah. you can get it out there and have somebody listen to it and at the same time, um, you know, get out and perform right. locally. And, and there's all like to your point, there's all sorts of avenues uh, for performance. Whether um, you want to go sort of the originals route and play venues and or you can, um, you know, the, the band that I was in, the surf rock band, The Real Gone, we would, uh, you know, get paid and do, you know, events around and stuff like that. And there's, yeah. you know, the festival circuit, local festivals that you can play. And there's corporate work where there's, like, corporate events and you sure. play corporate events and you're just sort of part of the atmosphere for the event. And then, you know... The whole wedding band scene, and yeah, right, right, they right, get paid right, yeah, really well, yeah. and you know, and then like you said, there's you know teaching and all that sort of thing too. Sure. You know, so so yeah. it's like something that you could actually do, that's like a, a talent or something like that. Or I, I don't know what you would call it, because like I got I got some friends that like teach jujitsu and stuff like that, and it's like you know you got all these parents that are trying to get their kid in basketball or football or baseball. Listen, your chances of doing that are, are so minuscule compared to these other things that you could do. And I mean, you go through a town and there's always a strip mall with karate in it or something like that. Right. I mean, and I, you know, I'm not a big fan of karate. Karate is a joke. I mean, you know, like you're not gonna break boards and yeah. yeah. You know, what do you just, do with that? Yeah, it's all nonsense. But uh, they, there's people making a living doing it. So if you like yeah. doing it and, and all that, that's great. But there's people making a living doing all kinds of things that are not that are bullshit. I mean, you know. Most of those freaking natural remedy herbal store, that's all shit, too. Uh, but, um, you know, like, pick something that you like to do. People are always worried about, like, the paycheck and stuff like that. I don't know where, you know, where it'll take you. I, I started out doing construction when I was, like, 18. And I opened my own business when I was 23. And I honestly, I look back and I think I was just dumb enough to not think I was going to fail. Sure. And that's all that did it. Yeah, like I just yeah. got out there and started doing it. And then, like, you know, I remember... It's a uh, lot uh, with music. And yeah, I remember a buddy of mine going, what are you going to do about health insurance? It's <laughs> like, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Like, you know, what do I care about that? Like, I'm 23 years old. Like, I'll be fine. I'll just do what I'm going to do. Right. Uh, but, uh, and the music thing, like, so for you, like, you're kind of established, right? So, like, you can get into play. like my my buddy Tom they had trouble like getting paying gigs because no one knew him yeah like, well, no. we don't want to set you up and it's I mean it's still a thing if it, you know I mean I can't just get gigs because of my name it's it's having relationships with people maybe that you've booked with before um, and you know they know what you can deliver you know but you know if I started a new project and even bring it to somebody they're they're still going to want to hear it or see it for the most part um and the other thing is just being strategic about uh you know what what your your goals are as a band and and sure those will sort of determine the types of gigs that you're gonna right right focus towards so what would be like like if you get a paying gig like what kind of pay if you don't want me asking I mean, 
it all depends on for are you talking about me particularly yeah, or if you're at a bar other or something like that just bands. some you know yeah just any band I mean generally um, it, it seems to be the the going rate if if you're someone that's a responsible and quality player yeah um, and a you know professional at how you conduct yourself it's typically a, it seems to be a hundred dollars a man yeah per hour. Oh, okay. You know, it's typically a, a fair rate, you know, so if you're going to, you know, play three hours or whatever. Sure. If, if you're, a lot of places are booking like single singer songwriter type people with a guitar. Yeah. And they'll play like three hours and get 300 bucks. You okay. Know? And it, you know, they're like sort of background music for a bar and grill or something yeah. like that. You know? So I got a cousin, uh, his name's Pat Kelly. Mm-hmm. And Pat would play pizza places and stuff like that right. and uh, he just sings like Tom Petty songs right. with the guitar and it's wonderful I went to go see him a couple of times and I, had, and I love the guy he's a terrific guy too but uh, you know just I think he was just enjoying himself and then yeah. he moved down to Florida and I, he seems to be doing pretty well down there there's a lot of places to play I'm sure, down there right. and everything um, yeah the, the thing with those types of gigs is um, that a lot of musicians kind of struggle with is uh, you're not the focus, you know, and so this is yeah. not your concert. Yeah. So people are going right. to talk, people are going to eat. They're not really paying attention to you. Sure. So that's the thing that you got to kind of like accept that that's the deal. Right. And right, right, uh, right. if you want to have your concert, you're going to have to have that. So elsewhere. is that the biggest trouble you've run into? Is people just kind of being rude? Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. You know, that's, my buddy Tom was playing in another friend of ours that was hammered yeah would not leave him alone yeah (laughs) it's definitely a thing that occurs but like you know depending on what kind of band you are and what venue you're playing what the circumstances are i mean you know going into it what the deal is right Um, the the most troubling is when you set up what is you know supposed to be like sort of a, a concert style event where people are coming to see you you know and the venue's paying you or whatever or or people are paying at the door and and when people aren't paying attention then then it gets like really frustrating yeah it's right, supposed right, to be right. like yeah i've been to different time. like if, if it's a dinner sort of situation or like even the vfw and stuff like that or uh the american legion but if it's at a bar bar where it's like that's the entertainment for tonight I think they do. Like I, I always paid attention. Like yeah, you know, yeah. Um, For the most part, audiences are, are good. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. But I mean, you do. You're in a place where people are drinking, so I'm right. sure you get the occasional screwball. Oh, totally. As far as that goes, I mean, yeah, it doesn't need to be like a complete hush over the crowd. No. I mean, you definitely want people like to get into it. And it's a good story, though, You know what I mean? As far as having somebody act up, I mean, it's probably not fun at the, the minute it's happening, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, later on, it's it's good for a laugh. Um, anybody ever like so like I'm a big fan of like punk music, always was, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's pretty much just people who don't know how to play their instruments very well. And you can like watch the progression of a band, right? Like uh, you know um, if you like look at like like Devo or something like that when they first played, it was not it was not very organized. It was kind of a mess. But like, some of, the- some of that though is some of those guys are actually were uh, 
well-trained musicians choosing to to play primitively as a response to all the over-flourished progressive rock that came before them. Right, right, right. True, So, say, like, you know, the police, who always sold themselves as a punk band initially, like, those guys knew how to play. All of them were seasoned players, but initially, like, strategically went out into the scene as labeling themselves as a punk band. Yeah, I don't think that they were, like... Devo, too, they, they... That was, like, a whole art rock thing, so they... They were also um, players that like knew what they were doing, and, and like it was all like tongue in cheek. Sure, sure. They, sure. they, uh, it was a, a decisive decision right. to do the way they do. So sure. I think, I mean, while there are definitely people that like chose not to like really get too particular about technique and playing like yes, yeah. well, like the Sex Pistols, well. they just pretty much handed Sid Vicious a bass guitar and said. Go ahead. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could Like the Ramones, too. Like, yeah, right, right. Not very yeah. good players. Yeah, but yeah. they get better as time goes on. Oh, yeah. Practicing that, that situation. Um, For sure. Did you see... Uh, like, So I, I love like a music documentary. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, there was one that I've seen twice. And I watched it twice. Um, it had so much... like There were so many great guitar riffs and stuff like that. It's called The Wrecking Crew. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Oh, my God. The, to, to realize that the studio players yeah. were sometimes the players that came up with the riffs for oh, yeah. stuff like totally. you know like that uh, Brian Wilson pretty much wrote all that stuff with studio players and then yeah. plugged his players into it later mm-hmm. sort of thing and then obviously you got stuff like the the monkeys and stuff like that who yeah. didn't really play their own music anyway yeah. um, but like later on I think that they started to play their own music oh yeah mm-hmm. but early they were just studio players and then they were just like lip syncing or playing along like the, the deal I know that that uh, the one that, that's not a documentary on the monkeys and the one the Peter guy was a serious player before yeah. that Mike Nesmith too yeah Nesmith that's a weird one right because they didn't like He's got some weird background, like like oh. didn't his mom invent whiteout or something like that? I don't like, know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, some some strange like that. And then he's supposed to be like one of the innovators of MTV. Oh yeah, Just that that's that's oh. what I saw in a documentary yeah. with them. But that Wrecking Crew won like all kinds of LA yeah. based stuff. They they made it all, and like. Uh, like all kinds of Beach Boys stuff, oh, just like yeah. the, the, like the amount of albums they're on is just insane. Right, 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 right. So I mean, like, there's that avenue for a guy that plays too, right? Yeah, um, yeah. studio stuff. Right, 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 right. Um, so like, there's just so much to do in that, and then I don't know. Like, I've never played music for anybody. It's gotta feel pretty good, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Performing is great. Like. Even even when the crowd sucks, it's uh, you, you know when you're playing with your bandmates, you know whoever's up there, uh, that's the part that's the most exciting. Yeah. So you know, like, just... like uh, so my job as a contractor, carpentry guy, like I'm 52 now. I the the money's great. It's fine. That's yeah. all terrific. I really don't care as much about the money as I do that everybody's super happy and like. 
you know, people buy us lunch like, you know, every week or mm-hmm. all week long and they're just ecstatic and then like, you know, when I see them a year later, they're still using it and everything else. Yeah. Like that's the gratifying part sure. of the whole thing for me. Um, there's definitely parts of the job that I hate as far as like when we're like, you know, just getting started digging the mud and it's, it's just a mess out there and everything else. But when the job finishes yeah. up and it comes together, it's great. But like playing in front of people... There's got to be adrenaline. There's got to be like oh, yeah. endorphins. I mean, like dopamine that you're getting from that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's um, yeah, that's a good point. Like, uh, not only with performance, but also when you're sitting creatively, you know, working stuff out in a basement, or you're in the studio making something. It's the uh, it's that creative process, you know, you know, whether it's not you're now, on your construction that, site, right, building how's something that on like on a marriage? Cause I mean, you gotta spend, you gotta devote some time. Yeah. It is. You know, bands are like a marriage for sure. Yeah. Right. You know, right. You're, and when you're dealing with creating something on a creative front, there's, there's, you know, personalities and egos involved. So you gotta, you know, articulate yourself hopefully tactfully when you're discussing an idea and whether and navigating everybody's opinions on it and what's best for the end result sure of of the of the song or, or where that idea is going to go. Um, so there's all those things to suss out. But the great thing about performing <clears throat> is that that stuff is happening live and instantaneously without your mouth sure sure sure. so you're you're getting cues visually and using your ears and like everybody is uh riding this sort of uh train (laughs) uh in the moment being present and things are happening um that uh is like nothing else because uh there's, so another, there's a communication happening. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure. And I mean, you know, like, for sure, you and the bass guitar, like, you got to keep the same timing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, another great documentary that, that was out there was that, like, on the creative aspect, was that Get Back with the, the Beatles. I don't know if you saw oh, yeah, or not. yeah, yeah. But, like, and then there was some issues... Because the wives and girlfriends wanted, like, you know, Yoko Ono wanted to be involved. Yeah. And she was not musical. Yeah. Um, Like, and I don't, listen, I get it. Like, you want to do, I like experimental stuff. I like hardcore punk where the guy's like, and Mm -hmm. like that, that to me is terrific. And the first guy that did that, like, you know, that was something, right? He like, you know, grabbed the microphone and made some funny noises. But like, uh. It seems like Yoko Ono, everything she does is like it's the most like it's an awful sound. <laughs> like I mean, there's awful sounds in music that still kind of like sound musical, uh-huh. but she doesn't. She yeah. just sounds terrible. And then some like, people love it. It's yeah, I know a few people that um, that like her stuff. That like, yeah. And oh wow! But there's there's one album that somebody turned me on to. Um, a while back that was uh, yes, not so your typical Yoko got, album. Okay, so maybe you know? she's got some musical talent that I don't... Yeah. I, I mean, mean... How can you not be around that and not absorb something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's a, a, a intentional you know, choice the way she... Yes, because in that documentary, she's literally like... Bah, 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 right, right. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Um, 
and everything sounds you know obviously it's very pop music with the Beatles so it's very very um, you know like likable it's very very it's you know everything that they do sounds really good and then she was just like abrupt and like ugh. well that's also a key thing in the creative process is um, trying to be sensible about what's actually uh, what will work within the framework of what's actually being created? You know, once you step in and you're doing something that like makes no sense for what's happening, and you're not hearing that that's not fitting. <laughs> you know, and I'm a graphic designer too, and this also you know uh, falls into that category, and I run into it all the time uh, because uh, at least. Being a musician, most of the time I'm dealing with other musicians who have a sensibility. Mm-hmm. It's rare that you come across a musician that just like is throwing ideas out there that that are out of left field and don't work, right? And, like, and sometimes they're out of left field but, and they do work. Yeah, Prince would have sounds he would put in from his own voice that you're like, what? What, what did he just do? Yeah, and like it sounded great though. It was like perfect for that spot. Um, did you ever see? There's a movie called uh, Captain Fantastic. It's in my it's in my queue, but I've not watched it oh, yet. Oh, so you should check that out because the all of his this guy's kids play music or oh, some yeah. sort. Is that Vigo? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's supposed to be like a Renaissance guy anyway, right? Oh, like he's supposed to like really? paint and oh, wow. play music and speak like four different languages and all that stuff, oh. like as a human being. But uh, so in this. You know, Captain, and I can't recommend it's one of my favorite movies, I yeah. can't recommend it more. Watch it. But uh, he raises his kids like off the grid, sort of a thing, yeah. And like they have like high math and high philosophy, and like all like they're you know, um, they just know more than like most adults do, and uh, they just start playing. And yeah. you know, at one point, the one kid just starts screaming, and it's like yeah. it sounds good though, it's like right in there where it's supposed to oh, be. Totally. Um, so like, uh I don't know if that's taught or you know or how that works out, but you know, just another creative process sort of thing totally. as far as that goes. And it's neat. I mean, it's really neat to have something different for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, when like I saw a documentary where they're talking to oh they're talking to Paul McCartney, and he was like, when Pet Sounds came out, we were like, damn, we got to stop and figure yeah, out what we're yeah. doing. And their answer to Pet Sounds was Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because they had to come back with something that was like, because Pet Sounds was like at that time. Right it's now, still it's still amazing. Oh, it's, <laughs> I, mean, I love that album. But it was a thing that had like uh, like dogs barking on it. Yeah, yeah. That was not a thing that anyone yeah. ever did. You know, like what? You know. Yeah, not a pop Yeah, right. So just you know, really cool stuff. And like, I always have a thing for innovators, right? Mm-hmm. So someone's doing something different. Um, it's probably difficult in a live music setting to get that across when someone's not already a fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. people that came to see a Prince song, <clears throat> he could do no wrong. Like, he's going to hump the stage. He's right. going to do what he's going to do. And, like, it's going to be awesome. But if they showed up and they didn't know who the hell he was, they'd be like, oh, what yeah. is this guy doing? I mean, when I came home from college, I was in a experimental sort of, for lack of a better term, jazz combo. The first one was called Gray Around Green, and it was uh, two woodwind players, essentially sax, and and uh, uh, the other guy played sax and uh, clarinet and that sort of thing, and, and drums, and I had all sorts of percussive equipment. And it morphed into another band that had a guitarist and a, and a bassist. 
and uh, well he played guitar and bass and then another guy that did like live sampling and stuff um, along with the saxophone player but uh, yeah we would do gigs and um, so when you say was, live sampling you mean like like Moby where he puts in like you know like a voice track or something like that um, well we didn't really treat it so much that way as much as he would uh, either live loop something or treat uh, the saxophone uh, live while it, she was playing her saxophone. Oh, she he would change like the like said the tone quality. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And um, but it's it was pretty amazing because <laughs> like what we're doing was pretty experimental, but at times we'd fall into a, like a good hard funky groove and that sort of thing. But um, a lot of times it was uh, spontaneous improvisation, so we were making stuff up on the spot. And um, due to its experimental nature and people not knowing the songs and us not being a name or anything, uh, <laughs> it was hard to keep an audience. Sure, but sure. like we went into it full well knowing that uh, that, that was going to be the case. But uh, there was a few gigs where we cleared the room. <laughs> uh. But um, yeah, it's, that's, that's part of like knowing... Being comfortable with who you are as a band and, and sure, knowing sure. that like there's going to be those types of gigs. Like you, you've obviously seen like Ray, right? The Ray Charles, yeah. something yeah. like they improv like a 20 minute song, yeah. And it just from you know something he wanted to put together. I mean, I'm sure he had his head, but then like they just did it yeah. there live, and then you know they ended up recording it. And it, it was a big hit, but like you know there's a big thing to getting play right like if someone hears a song five times if it's just catchy a little bit they might be singing it or humming it later mm -hmm. but if they hear it that first time they're like no um there's certain songs that uh you know I, like i heard the background on uh that uh what was it uh, portugal demands uh feel it still mm -hmm. and like he said they were just messing around in sure. the studio and they came up with that and it was like the longest running hit number one hit for like 18 weeks or something yeah, like that yeah. because they're just messing around and then it's like I think your your thing is just to try and duplicate that right like so you're just trying to like what else can we do that's just like that because and I mean that's the formulaic thing is why I really I, I loathe pop country music I loathe it it is just the same fucking yeah. thing over and <laughs> it over is. and it like people get mad when I say that because it makes them seem dumb but I think they're dumb because <laughs> they're not paying they, they just are paying attention to like that he's you know got his boots and his jeans and like it, like it's just the same shit over and over again and the thing is is that it sells so then they just keep producing yeah. that same thing over well, and over well that's why I think uh, you know people like Chris Stapleton and Sturgill Simpson like really came on the scene really that's huge because people right, were like right. finally something new Yes. That sounds right, authentic. Right. You know, these guys are actually sound like they mean it. And There's not like one that they play on some XRT. Aldine Brothers or something like that. Or uh, um, but it, it is like it sounds like like older country music. And I sure. love like Johnny Cash right. and Willie Nelson. Um, even like uh Bo Feast Bo, Bo oh, Jesus, I can't uh, um I don't know why I'm saying it wrong. Uh I want to say Roy Orbison, but it's not Roy Orbison. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Hank Williams. I'm oh, sorry. Sure. Yeah. Both feces or both. What do they? What do they call? 
Bocephus. Bocephus, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that was that Hank or was that was the junior? Oh, okay. Right. But Hank Williams, there was a biopic on him. Oh, the yeah? guy that played Loki. Did I see that? I don't know. The guy that played Loki in the Marvel uh, yeah? stuff plays Hank Williams. Okay. Because he died young, like yeah. like thirty years old or something like that. But uh, like he had a bunch of great, you know, hey, oh, good yeah. looking, what you got cooking, like all that kind of stuff. I got a few on. Uh, I collect seventy eights. Seventy eights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right, right. I got a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, so like, but those are innovators, right? Like, uh, I'm not the biggest uh, Eddie Van Halen fan, but he was doing something different than what was being done yeah. as far as that goes. Uh, and and like, not only that, but like went so far as to craft his own instrument so it had its own tone quality sure, that sure. people didn't know what the hell was going on. Right, right, Frank, right. Frankenstein, that guitar. <laughs> no, so you said you were in a jazz um, setup. Did you see the uh, movie Whiplash? Yeah. So, I mean, that would be right up your alley, right? Drumming and stuff like that. I did not realize that jazz... I mean, I guess I did, because, like, the greatest drummers, like, a long time ago were all jazz drummers. Yeah. Like, now you got, uh, like, in the 70s and stuff, like you had Bonham and then sure. the guy from Rush and stuff like that, right. which were great uh, drummers. But before that, it was jazz drummers were the guys, right? That I mean... At least that's where the whiplash thing made it out to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and a lot of those jazz drummers uh, went on to um, inspire a lot of those drummers of the 60s, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Charlie Watts and, and John Bonham and, and yeah. Ginger Baker and all those guys. That well, people don't realize, like, I guess there's such a... And R&B uh, drummers, too, 50s, sure. 60s R&B drummers. But there's such like a unique style to certain drummers. Like they were talking about Charlie Watts having his own kind of like, like you oh, know yeah. it's Charlie Watts when he's playing stuff. Yeah. And uh, um, also Ringo. They said mm-hmm. Ringo would play yeah. a very very simple kit and make pretty darn complicated stuff out of a simple kit. Yeah, he is. He was unique in how he uh, sort of arranged. Crafted his drum parts because he he wasn't necessarily always just laying down a straightforward beat, um, and I think he was left-handed. So the way he would lead fills around the drum set, left hand first typically would create some interesting huh. uh, fills and stuff. But you just know, that thought um, as a drummer, you'd have to be like you know. Just both hands have to work pretty much like in unison with each other. I didn't think there would be like a left and a right-handed. Uh, yeah, you know. like uh, depending if you're left-handed or right-handed. Like, I think he was left-handed, but he played a right-handed setup. So typically, um, you know, if you're left-handed, you might set up the drum set the opposite way. So you're you're hitting the snare drum with your right hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. Uh, so I guess you you might get sort of that like Hendrix effect, but on the drum set. Sure. Know, because Hendrix was right, right, right. Left hand and he strung his guitar. So like, um, you know, being a percussionist and like, there's all kinds of. I think there's like all kinds of iconic. You know, I, I was a big Led, or I'm still a big Led Zeppelin fan, and you know, Bottom just with the bare-handed stuff and like all that, yeah, just sure. really awesome. Um, but like, uh, 
you know, when you think of like Blue Oyster Cult with that cowbell and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and mm-hmm. I always said I live skit with, you know, this needs more cowbells. It's true though. I like uh, sometimes those simple things, adding a cowbell uh, in a song, a tambourine, you know, right. uh, or, um, you know, you think sleigh bells and, you know, it brings characters, a character to a song or creates a propulsion, um, a sense of movement uh, in a song that uh, when you take it away, it's kind of a big deal, but you don't think it's a big deal because yeah, right, it's right, this right. small Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's like there's an absence then of what was supposed to be there. and it. Um, I mean, if you think of that Blue Ice Occult tune without, yeah, without the cowbell, the cowbell no. right? right? It's right. There's genius. Kinds of, there's all kinds of like Led Zeppelin songs that without the tambourine don't sound right either. Sure. Um, and I don't think that's bottom, but you know, that's probably Robert Plant. Right. That's, that's yeah. messing around probably, with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like, you know, the innovators, obviously, you know, a, a real big deal. Um, I'm trying to think of like what else is a real innovate. Like there's all kinds of like, you know, times where like, you know, the synthesized drum machines and stuff like that came into play and everything else. And it's just yeah. not the same as um, a guy playing the drums. I was um, recently watching a, an interview with Kenny Arnoff, drummer of... Uh, of uh, John Cougar, Mellon okay, sure. Yeah, and um, he was saying when he got called into the studio uh, to play on Jack and Diane, they um, they had the Lynn ele- electronic drum system there, which was like brand new, and uh, he took it upon himself to learn how to use it because he was like, if I don't figure this out, like somebody else who's not a drummer, yeah. you know, is going to and like. You know, so it was kind of like from a sense of like control and like I can do something maybe cooler with this than, you know, the average schmo. Right. And so um, he came up with the uh, the electronic drum set part for Jack and Diane. Yeah. And then played real drum set over the top of it that comes with that sure, big sure, drum sure. fill. Right, right. And all right. that stuff. And then um, sort of a, around the similar time, Prince was playing with that same drum machine. And then adding his drummer on top and uh, creating this really rich sense of uh, new sounding sort of percussion with all these yeah. tunes. Yeah, so now, now Prince is a guy that I was just this couple this past weekend, like I'll just listen to albums with my son and stuff like that. And I, I told him, I go, listen, I mean, I bought the one Prince album because. Raspberry Berets on it, and then the rest of the album is there's nothing on it. <laughs> He's like, "What do you mean?" And I go, "Like Prince in one song is a musical genius. It's it's an amazing song. I love it. But the rest of the stuff, like it's almost unlistenable. Like I put it on, and I'm like." You don't like it? I don't know what he's doing. Really? Like, no. Like, uh, uh, like it's not... I love that album. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can listen to it. It's just not... There's nothing... I'm a huge Prince fan, though. Yeah, I'm a big Prince fan, too. Um, the other one that I that I have, it's got Kiss on it. I think mm-hmm. it's got Kiss on it. And that's, like, the only hit that's on the entire album, as far as that goes. We're, like... You got Purple Rain? Purple Rain. That's got all, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, yeah. listening to... Jam-packed. But... I wonder how much of that to me is like if I listen to the one with uh, Raspberry Beret on it a dozen times or 15 times, I think I would start to get it. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I listen to all those songs on Purple Rain 
because I watched that movie a dozen times sure. when I was a kid. Absolutely. So, like, you got used to the songs, and so that's like you know why guys are paying radio DJs to like play yeah, the music, play the yeah. right? Because if you get it in their head, mm-hmm. then you got it. So, like, I mean, I'll definitely like give those albums a listen to, but it's amazing how. Like, Raspberry Bray's catchy. I mean, it is like, you know, and I don't know if it's because it's on the radio or what, but it's one of my favorite Prince songs. Yeah. And it's, I think it's partly the story that he tells, because I knew a girl like that. You sure. know what I mean? The girl mm-hmm. that was like, you know, that that girl that had that, like, kind of funky look, and she knew how to give a kiss and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, like, you know, it's, just, it's a great song. And then the other song is, like, to me, like, as far as popular goes, they're obscure. Like, I don't know of another song that's on there that got radio time. I'm trying to think of what's on there, and I don't quite remember off the top of my head. But um, to put some perspective on that, uh, you know, think about Stairway to Heaven. That, at the time Purple Rain came out, if, if Led Zeppelin was a contemporary of Prince's and tried to get Stairway to Heaven on the radio... That would not get on the radio. Sure. With the length of the tune, mm-hmm. the drums don't come in till the <laughs> two thirds in the way of the tune, sure, sure, sure. Um, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I really think it's kind of more of a you know to refer to Prince, a sign of the times that like mm-hmm. these sort of tracks that would be these more epic tracks never would see the light of day. You know. A decade down the line from Stairway to Heaven, due to the way that pop radio or FM radio went, because at the time of uh, sort of the golden age of classic rock, FM was sort of the pirate radio. It was the newcomer yeah, right, in town. Right, 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 right. You know, AM was king. FM comes in, and these DJs are playing deep cuts. They're playing full sides of albums. They're well, doing I, like you know all what? this Led stuff. Led Zeppelin does not work on AM. Because there's not that stereo. And I mean, Led Zeppelin got so many songs that's like, banana, banana, you know, from one side to the other side, stuff like that. Sure. Like, it's a definite stereo feel. For well, it. I mean, at the same time, too, like, AM at, at that point was pop radio, but they but couldn't get certain stereo, music right? on pop radio. Right, but AM wasn't stereo, right? Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I, I have to guess that it, it had to have been it by that point. They must have crossed over at something okay i thought or is thought, it still mono i don't know i think it's mono really yeah. i i thought it was always oh, mono and i think it could still be the is case. mono because it's mostly talk radio now yeah um which is fine mono that, that doesn't matter uh but like you know that full stereo sound most of those bands you gotta have it like i mean you know yeah they're they're recorded the way that they're set up on the stage where you know Jimmy Page's guitars oh, over sure. here, and yeah. you know the whole psychedelic movement, right? Playing right, around right. with with uh, yeah stereo, well, but yeah, it, it, just to finish out that point, uh, um, you know, by the time Prince came along, um, essentially commercial, the radio became commercial, and, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he couldn't really do anything like too nutty, and, and since nine eleven, it just got worse. Because uh, uh, who is it that controls most of the radio stations? Clear, Clear Vision or uh, who is that? There's a company. I oh, can't that, remember. so that's interesting. There's, I didn't even know this. There's there a was a whole that... playlist that came out post 9/11 of songs that 
they didn't want radio to play. Wow. And this is why you don't hear certain things on the radio anymore. Wow. Um, and I'm trying to think of... Uh, did I Google? Did yeah, you can Google, yeah, Google it up. Well, oh yeah, my stupid phone's going to ask me what I want now. Somebody said Google. Dead, dead time. Yeah, it's, who cares? What's your call it? My. Uh, do you edit this or no? I, I I do edit it, but I mean, you know, for the most part, like. Well, whatever. Somebody can wait a minute. There's iHeartMedia. Um, I want to say there was a different company prior. So now, dude, what what would what, be the reason that they didn't want to play it anymore? Um probably find it online or something but it was like my understanding is stuff like rage against the machine and 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 certain things that mentioned certain things that they thought people might find uh triggering huh you know rage against the machine is very political as far as what they're saying right you know I think 15% of people listen to the damn lyrics anyway right. and know what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, like when I listen to music with my son, I'm like, hey, you have to listen to a boy named Sue and understand what he's, you know, <laughs> what he's talking about. And I go, like a lot of those old country songs that uh, Johnny Cash is one piece at a time. I'm like, it's a story. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, you got to listen to the whole thing because then you get the story out of it. It's catchy tune and stuff. Um, the other one that, 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 that's gone and like I was... Prince and Tom Petty were like, I'm like, how can this, like, come on? Really? Like, those two guys? Uh, and there's a, a conversion of those two guys um, on a YouTube video when they're doing uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, yeah, that's it? amazing. Isn't it? And you've got, like, Tom Petty looking at Prince going, holy cow, can right? you play that damn guitar? They were just blown away. Yeah. You could see it in the moment. And then I thought the most badass thing uh, about that performance, and I don't know if you caught it, because like... At the I very end when he throws it up. Yeah, throws it up, and it just never comes down. It's like, genius move. Yeah, he throws the guitar <laughs> off the stage and it walks away. No, he throws it up. Yeah, but no, it goes... And it, and it, it, no, it just goes up, and it never comes oh, down. I thought it went into the, into the crowd. No, watch it again. Okay, I will. But you know, after he throws it, he just turns around and walks out. Yeah, he like, just he's gone. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> mic drop, right, or whatever it is. Uh, look at that. Uh, so, like, just amazing uh, artist and gone. Yeah. And I don't get like uh, too worked up. Like you see people that are like, you know, uh, who was the the one who just died? The uh, Friends guy. Oh, I'm sure. like, mm-hmm. yeah, Chandler Bing died. Let me just lose my shit over Chandler Bing. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's a bummer that he's gone, but like, you know, he wasn't producing any art at this point or anything like that. Like, you still got everything he did, right? Like, you can watch. I'm not a big Friends fan to begin with, but like, you can watch all that stuff. Right. I didn't dare post anything like that on you know, social media because it was just, if I flipped my news feed, it was just Chandler Bing, Chandler Bing, Chandler Bing. I'm like, no, oh yeah. my God, calm no. down. Uh, but when Tom Petty and Prince were gone, I was like, I can't. Like, and they were like pretty close to each other in the time that they left too. And then from the same, they were both were hooked on opioids. So like, yeah, just terrible. It's just awful, awful. Um, as far as that goes, like, but 
Tom Petty's the one that like they found some recordings. There was a couple that were supposed to be on Wildflowers that they didn't put in there, mm-hmm. and they released them, and they're awesome, yeah. just terrific. Like I don't think I listened to those. You know, I have to check them out. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to say like one of them is. Uh, yeah, I have to. I'll, I'll I'll figure it out. But there was a, just a couple songs that they weren't that didn't make the cut. And then I just bought the uh, Wildflowers and all the rest. It's like a six disc uh, vinyl setup mm-hmm. with like everything's on there. As far as like I had the CD Wildflowers CD and stuff like you know uh, I'm in love with a girl on cocaine or you know it was not on the regular disc, but it's in mm-hmm. the in that. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you know, like I said, some print stuff, it's an acquired, I don't know if it's like, a, you know, you got to listen to it a couple of times and then, you know, you'll, you'll get it or whatever like that. But Tom Petty's just very, like, easy to listen to. Like, there's, you know, I got no Yeah, he kind of, you know, different artist in the sense that he stayed the course for the most part in his identity throughout his career. Sure. Whereas, you know, Prince was always, you know progressing and, and exploring new territory for the most part all the time always staying curious and trying out different genres sure. and, and from what I understand a prince he could play everything and, yeah I mean he, yeah. I, he was drum player he could play lead guitar bass yeah. guitar his first like two or three albums he, he played all the instruments pretty much did just about everything yeah right right right, yeah. right which is I mean uh, I saw an interview with Billy Joel like Billy Joel's never been formally trained in anything he just plays oh, yeah? piano by ear. Oh wow! And I'm like, I don't even know. It doesn't make sense to me that way. You yeah. Know what I mean, but like that that that's great that Definitely you can... people that do that. Yeah. Right. Right. And I mean, so like you know, you're what like 45, 46? Uh, 47. 47. Yeah. How long do you think? And I mean, I'm, I'm asking this because like I know the answer is like really old. But you could play music. Like I mean, I mean, as drums long are as, a little hard on you, right? Like as far as like uh, just lugging the gear around kind of sucks. Oh yeah, but like, I saw but, Phil Collins had like something where his forearms were kind of like messed up and stuff like that. Like if you that, play too much, can't you like? Get, well, it's a it's a matter of technique, and uh, if you're you know not loosening up and uh, playing with poor technique, you can yeah get. Issues with your tendons. I mean, I would think carpal, carpal tunnel, tunnel, yeah, right, because sort of it's so, like a repetitive motion. Yeah, so I stretch out all the time. I try to warm up a little bit before I uh, before I play shows and that sort of thing. And um, you know, I, I work on a computer all day too, so it doesn't help. But, sure, sure. Um, but I would yeah. think drums would have to be the hardest on you as far as physically, because the rest of it, like you're kind of playing with your fingers and stuff like that. That's not a big deal. I mean. If you're using a horn, then you know that's not something that's gonna. Like, I don't think you're gonna carpal tunnel in your throat or something like that. No, a lot of times though, those guys are gonna watch their lips. Um, uh, as far as brass players and stuff, like oh yeah, that yeah. go. Um, and just generally, like every instrument is dealing with with fingers. So you know, if you get an arthritic or something, then that can become yeah, right, problematic. Right. Um, which that runs in my family, so mm-hmm. I gotta. Watch that, but yeah, I mean, then for me, the desire to play will continue until I can't actually probably physically do it. Yeah, anymore. right. right, so, right. Is, like, I mean, that's if you if you like, there's all kinds of things that people like to do, 
and I mean, obviously, like sports and stuff like that, like you, you can't really do those, you know, at a certain age. Right? If you, there's not like a lot of sixty-five-year-old so guys. Usually, time limit on. Right, right, sports. out there playing any kind of basketball or any kind of football or anything like that. Where this is something that you can do for a very, very long time, and yeah. it's always. Uh, I always, I always thought like the you know because my life always revolved around trying to get girls, <laughs> so my thing was always that I wanted to like play the piano mm-hmm. because I thought that'd be the best way like a girl would dig that the most sure. right like yeah. play the piano, uh, so like I don't understand the piano or anything like that I've never taken a lesson on the piano, but you would think that if you were a piano player like I said as long as you don't get arthritic or something like that right. That you could probably play the piano well into your seventies, no problem. Just play the piano. Yeah, sure. Um, and that's something that at a party, like that's mm-hmm. a talent, right? Like yeah. I mean, you know, get everybody to, singing. Yeah, right, 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 right. Make right. something happen. Yeah, yeah make no, a man. memory. Right, exactly, exactly. And I mean, you're the guy that does that. I mean, there's also the annoying guy at the college party that's playing the guitar and it's awful. Yeah, um, but you know, <laughs> put down your guitar. Yes, right. <laughs> Give us all a chance. Or the guy in the drum with, you know, with the drum by the fire. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you could be that guy too. Uh, there, there was always the guy in school playing the drums, you know, on the table. There sort you of go. Thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but you know, I so like uh, I love Todd Rundgren. I mean that that uh, sure. You know, just want to bang on the drum. Bang on the day. drum all day. Mm-hmm. So do you ever get like? sick of it I mean uh, you know my son wrestles and uh, you know I'm sure by the end of the season he's like burnt out on the year as far as that goes do you ever just set it down for a little bit no I mean it's it's usually good that I've got a wide variety between the different projects I'm in um, and whether I'm playing live or doing something in the studio or um, composing at home behind the computer um, so all these different things, uh, keep it interesting. And, you know, if I'm not performing out and playing live, you know, then I'm probably, you know, behind the computer writing something, uh, making up something. Um, and there's, you know, with the pro- different projects I'm in, there's, I can explore any, just about any genre I want, mm-hmm. you know, and just follow my that surf like rock's pretty man. cool stuff. I mean, uh, what's your call? So, like, any of the stuff that you do, like, do you have to, like, dress a certain way or anything like that? Do you, like, try and... Is there a motif? Uh, no, none of the projects I'm in actually, you know, has, like... Uh, well, the surf rock thing we did, uh, we wore suits. Uh, that that project is, is no longer uh, happening, but... Um, the projects that I'm in right now, there's no sort of uh, aesthetic... But generally, when I go out and present myself, I try to look nice, look professional. Yeah. I've found that over the years, uh, if you present yourself that way, people treat you that way. People treat you how you look. It's, yeah, right, it's right. the truth. Right. And uh, I, there was a very visceral change when the surf rock band switched from wearing like uh, Hawaiian shirts, bowling shirts to suits. Um, not only did people like stop and like pay attention to us because sure, we looked sure. important. Yeah, right. Um, uh, I found that, and um, our gig opportunities totally changed. 
Oh, like really? We, we got, you know, much more professional gigs because we looked the part. Yeah, right. You right. Know, it's a very real thing that I think a lot of bands don't consider as their visual presentation. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of acts that make it big or are professional that make money, that's, that's a big part of it uh, is what visual information the audience yeah. is getting because that's, Do you that's think some informing bands like their decision specifically don't want to look a certain way though like I mean there's definitely bands that I see that like even oh, so even in construction if I showed up to a construction appointment and I don't look like a guy that does construction right then that's hard right like, the, the, sure. like you know, if I show up in a weird like you know formal wear or something like that they're like what are you doing here yeah. why is this like this um and it doesn't seem to jive. Um, I've been doing it so long. I think I just look like that guy now. Like that—that's who I am. Sure. But uh, like you know, there's definitely bands. Like I mean, the, the whole punk thing is like my my son was like, well, "How would you explain punk?" I'm like, "Fuck you, fuck your rules, fuck all this. I'm doing whatever the fuck I want to do. And if you don't like it, fuck you. Like that—that's pretty much punk. Um, and like if you look at punk bands, there is no. It's not formulaic, right? Like, I mean, you could say, like, the B-52s are a punk band, and they're, like, like some kind of weird 50s beehive hairdos right. and stuff like that. Um, where, like you said, the police and stuff, and then the Sex Pistols, and then, like, uh, there's... It's amazing to me, like, when I was in school, I, I, you know, was class of 89, punk was so small. There was such a small... People didn't even know what it was. Like, mm-hmm. if, I, if I played punk music, they'd have no clue... Now, there's so much music that is punk-influenced. It's just... I mean, from oh, yeah. Foo Fighters to Green Day to... It's all that uh, Wet Leg band that, that's out from... I think they're from New Zealand or something oh, like that. Do you not know familiar, what, no. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Uh, the Veronica goes to the party with the laser gun and obliterates everybody. <laughs> I don't know. They came to the party because they thought there was going to be free beer. Um, oh, it, that, that, that song check it out. terrific. Uh but I was the XRT, uh, but actually that was the that uh, um, that song was passed around on YouTube earlier. Mm. But like they just look like there's so much like stuff like from the Ramones and like uh, sure. the Runaways. They, like yeah. it, there's a definite punk vibe in there, yeah. and I think people dig it, but they don't realize what that that that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a visual aesthetic there, you know. For sure. Oh, visual, for sure. Mm-hmm. But even just like the, you know, I mean, and that, like, I think people don't understand that everything from, oh, I, I got an album out there. Maybe you know what this is. I bought uh, London Calling, The oh, Clash, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, I like the new vinyl because it's like the 180 grain, you know, heavy album and everything else. So Some friends of mine did uh, a few Clash shows as The Clash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Great. neat. That's neat. Uh but I bought that album, and then the wrong album showed up. Yeah. It was AJJ, Everything is Disposable. And it is a, it's a, it's a like I found it online to listen to. I'm like, maybe I'll keep it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album cover was really cool. It's like an alien with a, like it was all crazy. And then all this garbage. They're like real political, and they're upset that everything is disposable. Uh, but it's a folk punk band. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
that doesn't seem like it would go together, but yeah, it yeah. does, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, like, it's yeah. very, like, slow, methodical, and he's talking about litter and garbage and plastics <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think I'll keep it. it, it his, uh, th- 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 a lot of it is weird, too, because, like, it's not guys that can sing. Mm-hmm. You sure. know what I mean? And, like, this guy like can't. Jello Biafra or something? Yeah, like, just, they're just, just not appealing voices. Are they, are they like... More talking than singing? Yeah, more talking than singing. Okay. But even like the Violent Femmes, I would sure. not say that guy's a great vocalist. Oh, no. yeah. But, you know. I mean, there's a lot of music out there where, you know, especially in the punk scene where it's 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 not about being a good singer. It's about the attitude and, and what you're right. saying. And, right. You know, I mean, so much of pop music. You yeah. Know, you could say I mean, with With like what that. you do, the... You almost have to be like at this point in your life, like the young people, like, oh, if you had it to do over again, the things you could figure out um, would be so much different, right? Like, I mean, uh, my buddy Tom, who's playing in the in a band, and they're playing like 90s grunge music. They're just covering sure. stuff. But his daughter, he just sent me a TikTok of his daughter, and they're like, they're playing like 90s grunge, but they're doing original songs. Hmm. So like that style. Yeah. They look that style. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty good. I was like, it's pretty cool. all right. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like and uh, you know, she's in middle school. Oh, you know, that's awesome. She's like in eighth grade. And they're, they're that's cool. great. There's so many like avenues now, right? Like if you had a garage band when we were kids, you had nowhere to go with that, right? You'd yeah. like now try you and find a gig. Put your phone up, take some video, and oh, yeah, get it no, out into it's the on world. YouTube, it's all right, right, right. <laughs> Um, amazing. Oh, there's one that's out there now, and I can't think of what it is, but it's uh, it's this Irish guy, and he's just picking it like a almost flamingo style guitar, mm. and he's uh, crazy. He's talking about that he's got mental issues, and he is uh, um, like talking to himself and stuff mm. like that, and it is it's super super cool. Uh, but he is literally just stuff that's been passed around on social media, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not... Mm-hmm. And, I mean, uh, there's all kinds of people that have gotten pretty far on just that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, i trying to think of... Like, who was the... There was a, a black guy doing country music that... that, that uh, Oh, I can't. I, I don't know it because I, I hate country music. But yeah, was the, it the the, the road, old town, old town road, road or, or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. And yeah. Uh, the old town road thing, like that was just something that 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 someone started passing around, and then it got oh yeah, you know, got huh. huge. Uh, but uh, so yeah, so now like like there's just so much stuff. I'm trying, I know I sent this to. Sent the one thing with the guitar. Oh, there it is. Oh, uh, Ren. Hi, I'm Ren. Oh, I think a friend sent me that. Yeah, I think a friend sent me that. Just look for oh, the mobile exclusive tag on thousands of hotels. Just a fucking ad. And I don't care, you know, what happens with the YouTube Thursday thing. Night football uh, it's just a unique sound. And I don't think that anything... Like, I don't think you'll ever see this get play on the radio. Yeah. I Did think you see yeah, this? a friend sent me that, yeah. yeah. Oh, 
I mean, I'm not good enough like, at listening to music to understand if that's really good or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I bet, you know, good is irrelevant. It's, do you like it? Do you not like yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Does yeah. it move you? Does it not move you? Sure, sure. Uh, those are the, the questions I ask myself. And, like, the other, the other thing I like to kind of do as a thought experiment while I'm, like, listening to artists is um, what I call in my head the barroom test. And that's, uh, I picture, okay, you know, a place that I play called, like, uh, it's the Chicago Street Pub in Joliet. Play there often, you know. And so I picture, like, okay, if this person was in the pub playing would it get everybody's attention or would people like we were talking about earlier just be talking watching the game or whatever for sure and if it's attention getting if it's interesting if it's moving whatever uh it seems authentic you know then you know it seems pretty pretty cool and i'm interested but like there's times when like major label artists i'm listening to something and i and I do that little thought experiment in my head and, and, and sort of run it through that little test and I'm thinking like people would not be interested in this. No, but, but it's, because it's on the radio yes. and it's a name that people know. Right. Yeah, the DJ's telling you you're supposed to like this. Yes. You know, then right. it's getting airplay, but I'm like, this is just not Yeah interesting. Since high school I have never been I'm always even skeptical when somebody in that position says this is great. You gotta listen to this. <laughs> like if it's a friend, I'm listening to it. But if it is a, 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 a DJ, forget it. Like I'm, you're being paid to say that, and so much of it is just put out over and over and over again. Uh, but there are things like you were talking about that just catch me. Um, did you see the Tarantino Kill Bill? Mm-hmm. And they've got that punk Japanese band. Oh yeah, playing. they're great. Freaking awesome. Yeah. And then just like. The, the the riffs and stuff are so catchy and yeah. like the little vocal things they're doing it's just that so yeah. it's just all that and those always amaze me as things that if it's that catchy like it's gotta make money like if it catches me then why so that's would... the tricky part you know because it doesn't it doesn't always unfortunately work out that way you know it's kind of yeah. like Beta was better than VHS, right, but no. it, it didn't work out, you know, no, because yeah, sure. unfortunately there, unfortunately there's evil in this world, mm-hmm. and VHS won. But right. but that happens with art, you know. Uh, there's so much like quality, quality uh, music, quality art out there that doesn't that doesn't get seen or heard. Yeah, you know, it just, it's just... like. The tree falling in the forest. (laughs) There's so much art that people are like, even just like a straight to like go to the art institute. And there's millions of people that are oblivious to that, like that stuff being. There's a building in Chicago that you can go to and literally walk into every room and be moved. Yeah, yeah. By a picture on a wall. Sure. Like, oh, I feel sad because this looks like this. Like, I get it. I get it. But no one stops to look at it. We're in this like fast food, like just give me gratification now. I I can't get over. Most people I know use the internet wrong. 
this is the most amazing thing of my lifetime that I can ask this anything all the time and get answers from it. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, then none of the answers are right because it's yeah, all bullshit yeah. anyway. But like for a curious person, it's it's great. Yes, know? it's amazing. Like there's so much. Uh, like so, my son's in a physics, you know, college physics class now. He's starting to be an engineer. There is so much stuff that, like, I listen to, like, all kinds of Star Talk and Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah, yeah, podcasts sure. and stuff like that. And it's amazing to hear stuff. It's also amazing to talk to someone about it. And, like, people that are intelligent, my one buddy was like, I did not realize that the reason that everyone's weightless in space is because they're orbiting and they're literally in free fall. That's hmm. why they're weightless, because you're falling. You're falling around the Earth, but you're falling. So, like, you're in a semi-truck playing catch of the football, and you're moving down the highway. You can play catch just fine inside the inside the semi-truck. There's no wind. It's it's all sure. controlled. Right. This thing in space, there's no wind. It's spinning yeah, around it's the, the, the earth. Right. And you're in this shell going hundreds of miles an hour because you're falling. Yeah. But you don't feel like you're falling because right, right. it's all relative to what's around sure, you. Sure, sure. Uh, like, to me, that, because I've been listening to this stuff for so long, it seems like second nature. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is. But I have also never, I don't, I couldn't pick a Kardashian out of a lineup. I, I don't know that stuff. Right. Which, I mean, I guess somebody would be upset with me that I don't know that. I've never seen a Housewives okay. of Anywhere. Thing. <laughs> right. It's, it's not what you're into. No, it's not what I'm into. <laughs> but, like, they're missing out on all of this, like, amazing fucking knowledge that's right there at your fingertips sure. like when we were kids you had to go get the Encyclopedia Britannica out and right. find this yeah. shit it is literally like hey Google and yeah, there yeah. my phone yeah. will answer it for <laughs> me uh, and like I don't know how many times a day I use that in there and sure. we use it for every single goofy thing from like you know how tall is this person to what's the average height in this country the average right. height in that country Stuff like, uh, you know, I have someone say, well, you know, the U.S. is overpopulated because they're against immigration. And I'm like, uh, not, not really. so much. <laughs> you can do the, like, you know, square footage of land per person thing per country. And the U.S. is pretty low, actually. Yeah, like, you know, totally. there's a lot of countries that you're shoulder to shoulder. Not literally. I mean, there's still open area in China. But, like, there's, the population is just so much different. And then it's amazing to me, like that people don't realize that China there there's three times as many people in China as there is in this country, yeah. or more than that now, like four times. And India's got like six times as many people in that yeah, country as we do in this country. Much if you put those two countries together, they got like nine times or eight times as many people as we do in this country, and the landmass is not that much bigger for each of those countries. Mm. So, uh, but. Like, I only know that shit because we Googled it. We yeah, like, yeah. No, I'm, I'm a curious person like that, too. Right, So, right, like, right. I don't hesitate to, like, when I get a thought in my head that I'm curious about it so going and that, finding My loop to come back to you is somebody could probably, like, pretty much learn how to play the drums. Oh, yeah. That's that's the great thing about the that I... I have told some people, you know, that are beginners that have asked me questions about, you know, things, uh, you know, technique or this, that, or the other. Um, or uh, what I'll get a lot, actually, um, when I'm out performing is a lot of people in their 30s, 40s, or up, 
saying, oh, I always wanted to play the drums or I always wanted to play this, that, or the other, you know. But they feel like they can't now because they're too old, yeah, you know, no, to start. Right. And I'm yeah. like, no, it's never too old. Like, you're, I always tell people, you're still alive, so, you know, it's not never too, too late. Old. But have you and seen some of these kids, little like six and that's, seven? Yeah, that's the stuff you can't pay attention to. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> because uh, that's the thing, you know, that those kids are growing up in a world like much different than we are. Absolutely. Number one, because they like they have everything at their fingertips to to learn all this crazy technique and everything all at once but that's also what's afford uh what is afforded to someone like us our age who wants to start sure like, sure you can dive in yeah to your point and there's a bazillion videos online and it's free free yeah it's you know? right there so you can really get to work kind of like i did when i was in middle school before i got to high school and uh start figuring stuff out i mean if i had those tools back then i would have learned a whole heck of a lot more um in those first couple of years than waiting till sure. i got to high school to, to run right. some people with some when, well, when i first started lunch. doing the construction stuff it was really just you know we would pick up a little deck here and there and stuff like that i was teaching yeah. my like 14 year old sons middle school kids yeah. how to do carpentry work sure so like we'd go over to someone's house spend the week there and build them a deck and like one of my friends who's in advertising and she's like, you know, we get most of our stuff from Instagram. And this was like probably, you know, 10 years, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Instagram was the spot, right? If you were an Instagram influencer, like, you know, they were paying people tens of thousands right. of dollars yeah. for their Instagram stuff. She's like, you need to start making like instructional videos and putting them on Instagram and people will watch that. And like, I'm like, yeah, because, you know, it's not going to hurt me as far as like business goes. If I teach you how to build a set of stairs, which I know carpenters like that can't do stairs. Mm -hmm. But if I taught you how to build a set of stairs and put the video online, she said the views you'll get, like you could be making like passive income on right, you know, sure. over and over and over yeah. again. And then... uh I'm in the market right now for an EV, mm -hmm. and when a new EV comes out, there's people making millions of video, millions sure. of views on a video, of, you know, reviewing a car. Yeah, yeah. Like they, and they, I mean, those people that like that must work out well. They are driving or flying to where this car is debuting at, and then they have some connection where they're getting in the car and showing mm -hmm. you the car and everything oh, else. Yeah. And you look at it, the video's five days old and there's 5,000 views on it. It's yeah. like, oh my God. It's the new version of what the old sort of uh, newspaper and, and magazines re reviews were, you know. Right. The, 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 the print, you know, although that still somewhat exists, but like the audience isn't there like there is for videos. So that it's all turned into to video reviews unboxing uh how to's yes and, right you know the home you know the diy like home absolutely. repair and stuff like that it's just like absolutely you know who needs that uh you know home repair for dummies book anymore when you just, you just well, go online and, like i my stove one of the igniters broke on the thing yeah we looked it up on youtube bought yeah. the part off of a website and we fixed it no problem i mean we were a little handy anyway yeah but yeah. like Absolutely did not have to call a guy, give him $80 to come out, tell him what was wrong with it, then come back with the part and fix it. Yeah. We just did it ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's going to lead to like, you know, that makes for a weird situation too because that guy lost a job because yeah. there's a YouTube video sure. because of that. Now, that's where I was going to go with the conversation anyway tonight. 
AI is creative now. And if you type into, and people aren't paying attention to this, my old brain says, no, 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 you can't have that. You got to have an artist doing this thing and making this thing. But not, you don't really, because if it's, if it's amazing and sounds awesome and everything else, then it's awesome and it just is awesome and that's great. But you can type into uh, AI, like I would like a Rembrandt style thing of uh, Miley Cyrus on a tricycle with a cigar and it will just paint you a painting in that style and she's doing that um, and it'll do it in you know 15 minutes you'll have a a painting and if you don't like it it just tells you it again it'll do it again and again and again until you find one you like Uh, now that is art and it's taking away from that and I'm sure if you took AI you know chat GPT or whatever it is, right. and you plugged in every musical, you know, drum thing you could, it could come up with some shit on its own. Oh yeah, yeah, it played around. So how do you, how does that make you feel as, an, as a guy that's an artist, as a guy that does that stuff? You know, it's um, it's been here in various forms for for quite a while, um, and whether you're talking art or electronic music, right. Uh, um, automated sounds and that sort of thing. Uh, I think my thought on it is um, it's going to kind of shake out in a couple of ways. Hopefully, whenever AI is used, hopefully um, it could be labeled as such so it's transparent. So we're not trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes. So some ethics around it. Use I mean, I wait for the great. next Millie Vanilli. Yeah, because <laughs> it's prime for that, right? Like you could have something that makes great art, and you just got to put a pretty face on it and then market it. Well, the other thing um, that's interesting is I think it'll it'll kind of have a sort of effect where it'll push consumers of art to seek out the very human handmade imperfect art forms sure. uh, that people are actually making um, and that'll sound one way uh, and that will look one way obviously live and music then, will always be live music because you, you need people to, to do that right and then you know AI uh, music and art is going to be this very different thing that might be more polished and clean in its production and that sort of thing um, I mean so much of Music as we are receiving it right now in the pop realm is, as far as I'm concerned, overly produced and, and formulaic. Now, I'm, it's more about the production of it. It, it that it se- it seems oh, so polished, inhuman it's... and inauthentic, sure, sure, sure. and so and I'm not moved by it. So, so like a post Malone and stuff like that. You're not like I mean depends. Voice There's is, some stuff he's oh, done. With. He's got some awesome stuff. Yeah, in my mind, it is. Craft a tune, and right, right, right. But he also will make jokes about himself and say, you know, I just talk in auto tune, and you know, yeah, does that for me, yeah, sort of thing. So, but I mean, he he's got some stuff that's, and I've seen him perform like on videos live. He's a performer too, like you know. It's, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I would not say it's in the genre of like you know, to watch Prince's stage presence is a totally different thing, like totally. the dancing and the hyper platforms and all that stuff. Uh, but then there's also what, like, 
I was never like as a little kid. I liked Kiss because it was cool, right? With all the face makeup. It's fun. But it's, it's not the greatest like music. It's 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 pretty formulaic as far fun. as that goes. Like it's the it sounds like the same sort of song over and over again to me at least. You know what I mean? Uh, you know where like let's say you know like Nickelback. That's the that's the claim on them, right? Is that you know it's just a formulaic thing that you're you're making pop rock music. Which is what con- the new country music is, you know, sure. sort of a thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's the beat on them. But like, I'm sure there's people out there that love to listen to Nickelback, and they don't understand why people pick on them. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, for me, that is it, right? I want to hear. I don't mind hearing something on an album, and things on the album are similar, but I want to hear something different in your next album. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be the same. You know what I mean? Like it needs to be, you know, something a little different in there as far as that goes. Uh, then there's other artists that you know. Uh, well, somebody like ACDC, you know, they're delivering the the sort of same, same thing, same, but right, right, right. but they they bring it, you know, and they mean it every single time. Right. Uh, to me, that's that's the most important thing. Is like if you're a band, even that like you know sort of stays the course. I mean, even well, like Tom David Petty, Bowie, you know, David Bowie reinvented himself. Constantly. Yeah, Lou Reed, same thing. Totally. Right? Like, you know, he was not the... Warts uh, and all. Like, if it's a failure, so yeah, what? Right, like, right, this right, is right. what I'm feeling the right now. The Velvet Underground <laughs> and that, right. But, like, I like stuff like like Henry Rollins and Black Flag and oh, stuff totally. like that. Right. But most people, when they hear that, know. Like, and I can't... I don't I can't even wrap my brain around it. Some stuff, too, like... Uh, like, I love System of a Down. Mm. I've had that playing though until someone walks in the room and they're like, what is this? Yeah, sure. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how are you not digging this very <laughs> cool sounding thing? Uh, and they're like, no, I feel like violated. And I'm like, oh, I feel <laughs> violated. I can't, can't help you with that. Uh, but um, like, you know, I, I like things that are different for sure. And I, and I like, like my, my music taste is like fucked up, I guess. Like I love Dean Martin. No, it's just a, to... yeah, it's just a, a bandwidth of, of 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 tolerance of certain things. Like m- my tolerance for uh, music runs extremely wide, and um, you know, some people it's music, the the things that come in orally into people's ears uh, affects everybody. Like so differently it's it's really interesting um how some people just have a smaller bandwidth of like what's acceptable that yeah they could take in i guess and i mean i and would then, always say that they listen to garbage like it's it's, it's also pop music yeah and and then it's the same for for art too you know like i could take in visual pieces that are you know might be pretty disturbing to other people and like some people just want to see some well, happy Brett, stuff all the time. My, how come my bandwidth for for that is ranges from Dean Martin to System of a Down, but nowhere in that spectrum can I put country music, like pop music. Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't put that in there anywhere. That that to me is just trash. It's just garbage. Um, well, let me ask you this: um, If someone said, "Hey, you gotta listen to this one pop country track," I yeah, think it's pretty yeah, good. And I want to throw up. You, will you at least give it a try? I'll give it a try. My problem is, is the second that I hear that, like, like that, that whole like thing where it's going to be about my truck and my girl and the sure, I, I gotta go. Like, I, I, my problem isn't that it doesn't sound nice. My problem is that I've heard it 
a fucking thousand times before, and I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, I think the, I, I think the the cool thing though with with what I'm hearing is that you are open to actually even give it a try. Whereas there's a lot Absolutely. of people who won't and give certain genres. A I make try a joke. I make a joke that I you know don't expose myself to pop country music for the same reason that Republicans don't expose themselves to homosexuality. <laughs> they think they might like it. <laughs> so I just stay clear of it because, you know, uh, it is poppy and it's catchy and it's, you know, it's fine. And, like, I love a Western movie. Like, I love that kind of genre. It's just so, like, it's almost like I, I quit it to uh, rap music. And I, I used to love, like, uh, Public Enemy and, and uh, NWA and all that stuff when we were kids. Um, the mumble rap, you could keep that shit. That, yeah. That's just garbage. But uh, if you... The, the, the reason I put the pop country music in that some, like some rap stuff that's today, all you have to do is wear the gold chains, wear the saggy jeans, wear the cowboy hat, wear the cowboy boots... Drive the Chevy, like all you gotta yeah. do is the same. Like it's a, it's a well, unless it the, becomes a product and it's yes, it yes, seems inauthentic, just, no. then it's just like uh, and I mean, there's people that like uh, listen to XRT for the most part, like you know at work. There are definitely people out there that I see that are trying to be Jim Croce. They're trying to be, you know, I don't know if that's authentically their voice or not. Sure. You can hear them trying to be Bob Dylan or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I really like that other guy doing that thing. I don't know if I like you doing it that much, but, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, There's always that sort of thing. Right, right, right. Which is got to be, I guess I'm being I'm being a dick, I guess. Because, like. It's you, similar with actors, too. You know? Oh, It's like, oh, sure. here's the next Brad Pitt. You know, you'll hear that line every time yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 or right. Some sort of actor. But it's always like. Whether it's an acting studio or a, um, or a, a music label or, you know, there's yeah, there's always been the that whole thing of, like, trying to repackage something old, sure. new again. You know, I can't fault the artist either because you're just trying to make it, right? You're yeah. trying to get yourself out there and everything else. Some of them, that's their thing, and they just get picked up and, like, yeah, right, they're right, not right. even realizing maybe yeah. that they're... Well, I mean, that was that, uh, that Ray Charles thing, right? Like, he was... When he first started out, he was trying to sound like Nat King Cole. Oh, he was yeah, trying to, right. Because, like, that was the formula that worked. So if he got out there and he did that, then it... And then when he found that whole, like... Like, there was... Ray Charles is a mix between, like, gospel and country and, like, blue... Like, when he found his own voice, then it was... The, the sky was the limit as yeah, far as that yeah. went. And, I mean, he was probably... You know, like that mess around song and stuff like that. Like they're catchy songs, mm-hmm. but they just sound like somebody else's stuff. And he was a good artist, so he could pull it off. But he, maybe you know, maybe he gets his foot in the door. I don't know. And I mean, I have no musical, you know, talent at all. So for me to pick on that stuff, you know, like I would hope that. That's my problem too with the pop country music. Back to that. Like I hate to keep bitching about that. But <laughs> I'm positive that they just find a good-looking girl and they make her in a... Like, oh, that's totally a thing. Yes. Yeah, it's been a thing since the monkeys. Yes, you know, or, right, or, right, you right. Know, I'm sure yeah. uh, well before that, you go back to you know, some of the black and white uh, uh, movies of like the 30s and stuff where you know you 
put together something like, I don't know, I don't know for sure the background of the Andrews sisters or something, but they just oh, seemed right. like something that sure. was crafted, right. you know? <clears throat> uh, but, uh, yeah, right. probably ever since there's been a music industry, there's been a sort of uh, crafting of, sure. of artists. When studios found out that big-titted blonde chicks were popular, then they got, sure. you know, get a bunch of them yeah. and put them out yeah. there as far right. as that goes. I get it, I get it, but... Uh, well, man, I mean, uh, we're an hour and a half in. Yeah. I'm always shooting for about an hour or so. Uh, well, what's your call? It was good talk. You know, what do you got coming up? What's, uh, um, what's, what should somebody go out and see? Because I'm... I mean, wintertime's tough, but man, yeah. I would like to go see something. Let me... Uh, let me just uh, go through... Uh, let me plug my stuff. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, I got it listed here just because I don't want to forget Yeah, anything. yeah, go, go, go. But I've got my solo material. Um, I just released an EP called Kidding Around that I've uh, used parts of recordings of my kids with. And it's all, all the money raised from that's going to send my older two kids to the Tournament of Roses Parade. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, we're doing other fundraisers and stuff at Lincoln Way to, for uh, the marching band to get uh, their uh, 24-25. Lincoln Way is a co-op, right? It's all the Lincoln Ways are the same band, or is it different? Yeah, yeah, that marching band is from all the schools. Okay. Um, and then I am playing with a fellow named uh, Dan Doherty. It's the Dan Doherty Band. And we have, we've got a gig coming up December 30th. Um, let me double check here. Uh, yeah, December 30th at Chicago Street Pub. Um, I'm going to be playing with Dan Doherty Band. And we Is have, that Juliet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that band's got a couple albums out and we're uh, working, on, uh, working on new songs. Uh, I play with uh, the Righteous Hillbillies. Yeah, nice. And uh, we're playing um, December 9th at uh, the Big Basin Marina in Shanahan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm playing with them. Playing with them. The, the Big Basin's a nice spot for music too. Like they've always had good. Um, they always have bands. a great yeah, audience so, there yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, it's a destination, so right. people go there. Yeah, to like hear music for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. I mean, I've been in there for for a bunch of music stuff. Yeah. And I mean, if somebody's playing gritty country western, like I can totally listen to it. I, I I'll dig it. That's fine. It's that boot scooting boogie bullshit. <laughs> and I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Uh, so yeah, I mean that, and then like really any female country singer, I want to hang myself somewhere. <laughs> but uh, um, go cool, cool. So yeah. anything else? Uh, yeah, one last thing. I'm working with a project called City and the Stark, and um, we're gonna go into the studio. I think in the new year here. Um, so I'm pretty ex excited about that project. When's the big basin one again? That is December ninth. I don't know if that place is wheelchair accessible. Um, they no, do have a ramp that goes around to the back. Because I know the front's got those steps going yeah. up in there. Yeah, right. But I think on either side there are ramps. Okay, all right, okay. Um, yeah, maybe call. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna know. I always do. Um, and then last, I've uh, I, I work in this musical collective called Dangogan and the Dangogan Band. And uh, it started off during COVID as just a, a, a weekly phone call of a bunch of us friends 
that are around the country. There's a couple of guys in California, a guy uh, in Kansas City, some of us in the Illinois, and um, just kind of talking through COVID, and we started all making music together, like nice. as where we're at. Together, and sending, yeah, 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 and sending each other tracks, or maybe one of us would write songs on our own. Um, but you heard we, that Rolling Stone song. That they, that's that's what they did when the when they cleared the streets in New York and everything else. Oh, they yeah? all just sending. They put a song together and made that. Uh, there was a song that was talking about you know the streets being empty and stuff like that. Oh. Uh, see that that's a perfect example, right? Those dudes are eighty. Yeah. yeah. Eighty one, and have you heard the the one with Lady Gaga and? Uh, I haven't spun the whole album. I heard the first single and was completely turned off. I oh, was really? like, I was like, this is the angry one. Why are you angry? Yeah, with me? Uh, didn't like it at all. Okay, so I I thought that was okay. Um, I like there. There's a there's a track on that that's got Stevie Wonder and Lady Gaga yeah. together on there with the, the Stones, and I thought that was terrific. I was right. like, you know, yeah, I have yet to spin the whole album. I gotta check it out. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So you have the album, or you just? I got don't. Like no, I gotta go on like Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Check it out, but uh, yeah, that Dango Gan Dango Gan band we um, yeah, what, have what put together that? like God a lot of albums so far, and only the last couple of years since COVID. But uh, the call is actually on Wednesday nights, like right now. Oh, and uh, uh, here, let me go on Spotify because it's it's quite a number we've amassed. And uh, it's fun. It's all kind of like we keep all the all the music kind of fun. Sure. And uh, while all of us are on like a, a Zoom call, and yeah. we're just kind of like talking like this, catching yeah. up on the week, you know, whatever. Right. And um, typically we're always goofing around, and whenever anybody says something that we think is particularly goofy and interesting, that gets jotted down, and we have a big running list of these phrases that were spoken during our calls and that's what we grab all of our song titles from so that now, now that's a thing right like i see a lot of music that they try to use something that you would say on the regular you know what i mean like if you would say uh you know it's turning me inside out you know then that would be something that they would say that uh um, trying to think of like a, a catchy phrase that's always in a song, but there's all kinds of songs that they use something that you would say, um, and then they you know they they make the song catch that way. You know, as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah. Only some like there's often like it's not used as a chorus necessarily. Um, I think quite often it's it's not, um, and then these aren't really like phrases that are <laughs> that are known to the to the outside world it's usually an, some sort of inside joke oh okay so <laughs> but they're unique yeah, yeah right you right, know right, right, right. but yeah let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine albums oh my gosh since 2021 wow and uh we've got some stuff in the can to release so like more. when you do stuff like that, like the creative stuff like that, do you ever that someone that's like doesn't know you personally, do you ever find it like but someone's like just a super fan? Like they buy everything that you do. 
Unfortunately not. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's been a few things. Actually, on my solo stuff, there's been some really uh, supportive people, which has been fantastic. Right. Um, actually, you know what? I take that back. Uh, yeah. There, there's always a few super fans. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. right. No. Um, I mean, like, even with the, the, the YouTube stuff that I do, like, I just do it for the, you know, like, I think there's, like, 300 people that are, you know, like, subscribed yeah. to my channel and stuff like that. Maybe a couple, few more that, like, will check it out. Like, I can see where the views go and stuff like that. And it's really, like, I'm just doing it, like, for them to hear the conversation and stuff like that. And yeah. For me, like, this is fun. Like, I get to hear, I get totally. to learn stuff about something that I don't quite know about. Um, like I said, I had a guy that was, you know, talking about Flat Earth, and I'm like, Dude, I just want to hear about it. I don't. I like. You're wrong, but I want to hear about yeah what you, what have to you say. think. Yeah, cause I just want to hear you know what's out there. Yeah, I think um, my 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 view was just a little skewed just because I'm I'm thinking like from like a professional band standpoint of like all the fans that you know that yeah. they have, but like yeah 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 right, you right, know right. the projects I'm in are much smaller, so like sure. we have fans you know, but some super fans or whatever that like you know consume. Yeah, you know, everything right, we do. Right. And but so it is just, just catchy. The... <laughs> right. My Huge. cousin, Pat, yes. had a couple of original songs that, like, I want to say that his older brother actually wrote and played in a band. There was one that was called uh, uh, Fisher Cut Bait. Mm -hmm. And, like, like, I listened to it, like, a dozen times. And I'm like, I like that song. Like, yeah, it's, you sure. know, really good because, like, I know it's my cousin Pat singing it, but... It was cool to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, I liked it over and over again. Um, and even, like, you know, gosh, I probably haven't heard that song in a dozen years, but I still remember the title of it and, you know, how it went and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, some of that stuff is if, if it could just get played, if you could just get in someone's ear hole, yeah. it could be something. You, you might appreciate the, the couple albums that I did with vocalists. You might connect a little bit more with those. Sure, sure. Um, it was uh, 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 they were titled Shut In Sounds uh, 2 Speaking With Lungs and then Shut In Sounds 3 which uh, was, was called The Righteousness of, of what did I I don't even know the titles of my own albums yeah. The Righteousness of Spring maybe um, but what I did was uh I think, yeah, all this was done after I had my last podcast with you, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So during COVID... Because um, I shut everything. COVID, like I said, COVID just... We did some remote ones. They were okay. But it's just way better to like have someone come in. It's a pain in the ass to come out and everything else. But like having an actual conversation with you where you're sitting across the table yeah. from me. Where like, on the other thing, I got to keep looking at a, at a monitor... Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, no one can see how this studio is set up, but I have a monitor on this side, I have a monitor on that side. Like, that's all fine to glance at every once in a while. But, like, you know, I want to have a regular conversation where I make an eye contact with somebody and, like, talking about something. And, uh, you know, you can, like, finish a thought sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But the Zoom thing's just, just not the same. No, you know? no. So, but you but, can't, you know, when you got some wacky respiratory virus out there having a two-hour conversation with someone's probably a bad idea. So, <laughs> you know. And we didn't know what everything was on. I mean, if you remember, like, you know, I got groceries the first couple of times. We were, like, wiping it with bleach right. and everything else. So, stuff. like, this is probably a horrible you know, right, like, right. plan. 
Uh, so, but, you know, we didn't know. Didn't yeah, know, so. yeah. But, yeah, so last time I talked to you, I was not writing my own music yet. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Oh, wow. So, when COVID hit... I listened to the kid stuff on I thought it was neat. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dad stop and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know. So, yeah, on that Bandcamp page, I got several other recordings on there okay um now the ones that are on that page that the link that you sent me like those are different artists yeah yeah i think i sent you links to like various different uh the different projects i'm involved yeah right i I think that's what i sent you um but uh i never had seen myself as uh, someone who could make his own songs i i did one like several years ago when I was living with uh, my guitarist buddy Phil, and it was just uh, the tediousness of like setting up microphones and going through the process of mixing it and all that sort of stuff. Sure. I was just had rather and having done studio work, I was intimidated by all that and yeah. also kind of lazy and didn't want to learn all that. Sure, sure. But when COVID hit, I had all this like extra time being stuck in the house. Yeah. And um, I was like, well, you know, the other things are, I kind of back up a little bit. I had um, some friends that and some things that kind of coaxed me along the way. Uh, my friend uh, Joe, who um, is part of this Danko Gan and the Danko Gan band, uh, he always had sort of been coaxing me along to like, hey, record some drum parts or whatever. And you know, let's make some stuff uh, and, and send each other tracks. Um, I, uh, for work from a rain, when COVID hit and we got sent home, uh, I had a project where I had to write music. Uh, I got, I sort of got pushed into writing music for uh, a, a marketing spot <clears throat> for the college. Nice. And I had not done that before. Yeah. Um, but I kind of, took it upon myself as a good challenge to like learn how to do that yeah, right and then i had another, another avenue too that you could maybe you know find something some niche that you could do absolutely and um i had another friend uh, melissa who was looking for some drum tracks uh to use for some demos to record and um, she's actually in the industry and uh so that was kind of a big uh another big uh, push <laughs> to like, hey, maybe get into this. <clears throat> right. And uh, so, yeah, I learned how to use GarageBand and, and started putzing around in the software. It's the same with all of this crap that I have here. Like, yeah. I was like, all right, you know, I think I, like four or five years ago, I think I'm going to do a podcast and like you know, have some people out and talk and stuff like that. And I had to like figure out webcams and like, you know, the different, I mean, like I'll take everything from this, put it on a... Uh, film editing software and stuff like that and then yeah. run it through some people like you know if they've got a book or something like that like I like to put the book you know in there and stuff like that sure, you know, too sure. and then uh, you know if there's uh, anything else that like uh, I think I had a guy where they like you know he had a bunch of pictures from being in the military and stuff like that and we put those in there in cool. the video and stuff uh, but like yeah, I mean you know I'm a contractor and I'm like doing film editing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's not, yeah. But you find it fun, right? I mean, my work is, uh, and I like it to be this way. So people that don't understand, don't don't know, don't understand. 
But like, I don't want to work when it's fucking twenty degrees outside. Yeah, like, I'm good. Sure. Yeah, like I'm gonna make all the money I'm gonna make between you know the nine or the eight months. months. That, yeah, right. The warm months, and then I want to do what I want to do for a couple months. Sure. And my job is like no other. Like you know, a lot of people like you know, come June they take a vacation. They go. I got no time to take a vacation in June. I'm busy working, doing all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like before I got injured snowboarding and stuff was my thing I'd go out to the Tahoe and snowboard for a week and then you know like I took my entire crew out to the Tahoe the one time as a Christmas present to them you know because that's that's something to do when you got downtime in the wintertime you know sort of a thing and then for me like I just get in the gym I lift weights I eat you know I miss a lot of lunches in the summertime you know so uh it's always good to like broaden your horizons uh my buddy Tom, that's in the band, like they're they're covering stuff. But his daughter, who's in middle school, who went to the same school of rock thing as a vocalist, mm-hmm. there she's doing like original songs, like they're writing songs. That's great. And I think it's the perfect time when you're like in adolescence. I mean, yeah, that's I, when I started. I, yeah, I can't remember how many girls I'd be in a class with and look over and they're writing poetry or they're writing, like, sure. what do you got to lose? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, right. So like. If his daughter's thing never turns into anything, so what? She's had fun doing it. Super cool. She could show people years from now. Look at the grunge band I was in. Yeah, sort yeah. Of thing. Can't beat it. Uh, so um, if I wasn't injured the way I was, where like I don't really have good dexterity in my hands, and uh, lung capacity is an issue too with mm. being paralyzed like I am. So like, you know, I'm not. My my buddy Tom's like, why don't you sing? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't have the the pipes for that. You know what I mean? But. Uh, um, I, there's no reason like I wouldn't if I was not injured like in my 40s like pick it up just give it a go mm-hmm. what can you know like I'm not afraid of much so like you know what, what would it matter you know what I mean if yeah. I bomb I bomb yeah. whatever I mean I can always fight you in the parking lot so you know yeah <laughs> uh, you know so like as, as far as that goes uh, I think most artist guys don't have that sort of ad- attitude where they're going to beat the shit out of you but um you know, I, I grew up boxing and wrestling and all that other stuff, so oh, like, sure. that was my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, <clears throat> as far as that, like, just going and having a good time and being, you know, something new, something Yeah, different. yeah. No, it was, it was a great new uh, sort of horizon to explore, and, um, like, I just started making all sorts of uh, uh, music. And yeah. uh, I also, I watched a, um, you remember Brian Eno? The artist Brian Eno? Nope. Uh, he, are you familiar with the band Roxy Music? Yes. So he was on the first two Roxy Music albums. Okay. And he did a lot of the electronic experimental sounds and, and treatments of the instruments sure, sure. and stuff like that. Um, and he would do it live on stage with old analog equipment and stuff. And then he went on to be a big producer and, and produced like U2 and oh, wow. Talking Heads and like all sorts of stuff. Like What was the... Anyway. There was some instrument that somebody was coming out with years and years ago. And it was like a electronic thing. And it was like... It was like... I can't... I Theremin? Can't, maybe. I mean, maybe. That's old from like the 20s. Yeah. Oh, no. This was not... Uh, I want to say somebody like... I thought it was in like the 50s or 60s. Thought this was going to be the next music it never caught on, but, you know, like it was some, you know, yeah. crazy uh, instrument that they were making. It was just a different sound, you know what I mean? As, as yeah, like you know, all that stuff is... is well, think of like the country players that would play the 
get the lap steel. Like, yeah, the lap steel, like the steel yeah, guitar, the the lap, steel. right? Yeah. Uh, that didn't like I don't know, it just doesn't aesthetically look good. So like they just didn't, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's very much a characteristic of of, of country music. So when people hear it. They, they think of that or the context of like Hawaiian music it you know certain instruments really bring about a certain they evoke a certain t- vibe so once you inject that what's into, that drum that's like uh, the calypso bands would use like a the, steel drum yeah like a big yeah. steel but yeah like yeah. S- certain instruments like that you can't just put them in anything like sure, they don't sure, always sure. work depending on right. the other instrumentation around it um, or you know they work excessively well and accentuating that that vibe of whatever you're sure, trying to yeah, achieve sure, so then sure. you'd like gravitate towards that some palette. of that stuff I love I mean like I, I, I love a reggae vibe I yeah mean, that's some cool it's stuff great yeah. I used to play in a steel drum band in college oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 and then I had a combo when I came home uh, it was a four piece with uh, steel drums drum set bass and guitar nice and uh, that was it was called Ensemble at Zoo wow we played around yeah, I mean, you know, all that stuff is uh, is different stuff as as far as like a different, totally, like I said, totally different vibe and a different, you know, all you gotta do is break out that one instrument. It's like, oh, yeah, this, but it, yeah. it's not as only works like in that vibe. It doesn't work anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, that that group was specifically uh, reggae, soca, calypso, yeah, uh, Afrobeat, like. Very much the island vibe of stuff. Sure. The most pop tune we did is uh, we did a cover of uh, the Talking Heads' E Zimbra. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> two fun. more guys that when you started bringing up those genres, uh, Paul Simon reinvented himself with a couple different, like yeah. you know, with that oh, African yeah. way mm-hmm. for a little bit, and then uh, Peter Gabriel oh, yeah. has changed up his thing a bunch of times too. Yeah. It's like sounds like different music. Yeah, I, I mean, think a big part of that is is he was he was initially a drummer and so I think us drummers um, drums and percussion are so universal like universal and you want to hear different percussion instruments and sounds and so it can really just if you follow your curiosity it can just take you all over the world as far as different kinds of drums and percussion and what they sound like yeah it, it seems like you know like it almost seems like a drummer is like a like a certain type of guy in a band, like, you know, Animal from the Muppets sort of thing, right? <laughs> and, but you got like Dave Grohl was the drummer for Nirvana, yeah, and then yeah. he went on to be the guitarist in Foo Fighters. Yeah. Like, he just changed. That was a guy, too, that, like, you know, after Nirvana, he went home and, and he pretty much made that first album himself. Yes, he you made, know. I heard he played all the instruments. And, yeah, and just uh, demoed that out, and it just kind of blew up from there you know I don't know that he anticipated what that would become yeah yeah. you know know, it's like it sure is amazing fame wise for him because he comes away from it being like wow that was one of the really talented guys that was in Nirvana but if you hear him give interviews and stuff like that he says creatively he wasn't that big a part of like Nirvana. He played the drums no. in the band, and he said Kurt Cobain was the guy. I mean, he relatively came late. He, he second drummer, right? 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 There was another drummer in Nirvana before that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't claim any creative. I mean, to have him, Foo Fighters is great music. I mean, they do a really good job. Did you see the thing on HBO that they had where they would write a song in every episode? 
They had a thing where they wrote a song, mm-hmm. and he would go to a different city with different producers, different people. Oh, yeah. Was that the, the Sound City or the Sunset Sound? or oh, I can't remember what the name of that... Uh, that that documentary. They wrote I one think in Chicago. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like uh, there was like some Chicago Fire stuff going on in the song and stuff like that. And oh. it was um, it was just like the, I didn't see that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I have to look at what that was, but the uh, the um, it was an interesting take on the creative process. Yeah. But the way that the show was put together, it almost seemed like he sort of made it like too easy. Uh, to uh, write a song, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, because in the in the hour song, uh, um, Sonic Highways. Oh yeah. Uh, not sure if I watched it. Or right not. in the in the hour episode, they would yeah. come out and the, you know, they would show you the process of the song, and then by yeah. the end of this show. They had a song. Yeah. And I mean, you know, some of them may were on the charts, you know, it was like, yeah, holy cow. Sure. You can't just Sometimes it's, it is just that easy. I mean, right. it, for me, my process often is, you know, I sit down and I, I just start plucking some stuff out. Sometimes I'll, I'll have a drum track I've recorded and I, it, I have a, a, a MIDI keyboard. It's just, you know, it's a little piano, know, three or three or three octave, maybe. And uh, I'll, I'll just start playing, plucking out little parts, and then I can assign whatever instrument I want to what I just played okay. or assign it ahead of time. And then, uh, you know, add effects and whatever to it. But uh, it just it, it's, it's mostly following, as far as I'm concerned, what I do is uh, just follow my intuition. And uh, one decision sort of affects the next as far as what, I, what I'm going to lay down next and rhythmically how it's going to fall with the last thing that I just did. Um, I, I try not to have any preconceived notions about right. what the end result should be. Sure, sure. Uh, because you're surprised mm-hmm. along the way all the time. Yeah, so more process-oriented than, than results are. Oriented, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few things that I've done where I've set out from the get-go of like, oh, like there's a piece that I did that is a... Uh, that are two songs that I wanted to study like Prince and I wanted to study, you know, how does he achieve getting these songs to sound like they do? Yeah. Rhythmically, what's he doing? What's the sure. instrumentation? Now I gotta go uh, make sure I go listen to my two Prince albums that I don't, uh... <laughs> um, uh, and how can I do that? You know, I listened, uh, you know, I was listening to Pet Sounds and Brian Wilson and stuff. I'm like, okay, I, I right. want to write a Brian Wilson-esque tune. Yeah. How do I achieve that? So I like treat some stuff as a study and I will sort of deconstruct them and figure out all the aspects that make the that song or that artist uh, sort of that characteristic Yeah, sound. which is a really cool thing about music because you can hear, you know, like like I said, you know, punk has a lot of influence on stuff, and you can hear that influence in songs when you hear them, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I mean, I love Blondie and like you know all that kind of stuff from sure. from that era. But like when you hear something that you're like, oh, that person was definitely listening to Talking right. Heads, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, came up with that sort of a yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm certain that Green Day was listening to the Ramones and, mm-hmm. and stuff like right. that. Like, there's you totally. know. Uh, all that stuff's in there for sure. 
So it, I mean, which is great. Uh, and I mean, like some artists, like back on Tom Petty, you know, he's got that uh, song, you know, where he's running down a dream, and he's right. uh, says me and Dell singing "Run right. uh, Run Away," and yeah, you know, yeah, he's talking yeah. about Dell Shannon. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's like giving you a, a you know actual you know reference to reference that point. to a song, yeah. right? Uh, but and there's people that have referenced Brian Wilson and stuff like that right, in for songs. Sure. Um, Phil Spector, you know, similar right, quality right, right, right. to the recording. Well, and that's that's some interesting stuff too, like the Phil Spector stuff. Like he takes Tina Turner and puts her with an orchestra, and makes a totally different thing than her mm-hmm. and Ike were doing. You know, yeah, her and Ike yeah, were doing like sure. gritty, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, you know, it, there's so much. That's that's what's weird nowadays. I shouldn't say weird. It's wonderful. Like when we were kids, and when my dad was a kid, like you know music was newer and it was very very the selection was very very small like you could listen to you know everything that your parents were listening to the Dean Martins and Frank Sinatra singers and standards you know to the psychedelic stuff that was going on in the 60s but that's all you had now we've got everything from you know all the way back to all that to all this new stuff to like there is just so much there is I mean you know the you know I'm really sad that Hall and Oates are fighting the way they are. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I saw that. But that's that, a but whole other thing, right? Yeah. Like that's a whole other kind of like genre, like the Duran Durans of the world, all that stuff mm-hmm. that like you could just, I mean, oh my gosh, you know, that, that question of like, could you be stuck on an island with, you know, one song? No, like, you know, there's so yeah. much that you could have. It's, and it's also great for uh, the kids though. You know, because, you know, having the internet, they can really dive into such a huge breadth of content if they want. And I never liked my dad. What's going to bubble up to the surface when you digest all those different kinds of things? And I was real, like, with my son, real hands-off. Like, they play music that he was around and stuff like that. And, um, like, when he was in high school, a lot of the wrestlers listened to rap and he would play it on a job. And I'm like, listen, you can play anything you want. I don't care. You just can't play cocks and tits and ass. Like, it can't it can't be that at a homeowner's house. Mm-hmm. So if you can get, like, the clean versions, play all that that you want to. But, like, while he was playing that, I was also playing, like, you know, classic rock, XRT. Um, like, I like old R&B, Bill Withers, all, yeah, all that sure. stuff. Uh and he was like just saying he's like just just a couple weeks ago he's like he goes my tastes like really have changed from like he's like I don't really care for the rap stuff anymore like mm-hmm. I mostly listen to and I listen to a lot of new stuff like I love Cage the Elephant and Weezer and like you know the, the stuff that's pretty pretty new now mm-hmm. um, like I said that Wet Leg uh, band is I, that that was another one I'm surprised that you don't uh, don't have a because it is it's a cool I I. There's such a punk uh, um, vibe in it, uh, but um, it's it's a girl band, mm. so it's like. Uh, um, yeah, I think I, I heard the guys on Sound Opinions talking about them, but I, I've not dove in. I uh, and I don't really listen to the radio too much. I'm typically on either Bandcamp or Spotify or YouTube, and I'm usually always just 
following my curiosity <laughs> down you know, like I'll I'll listen to one new interesting thing and then read up on it and I'll find that they're you know have some other side projects or in, influenced by some other band and I go find them right we got to play a stupid ad right? this is uh, this very is played, surfy yes this is played quite a bit um, on XRT yeah yes and if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of funny, too. She brings a ray gun to the party and obliterates everybody. <laughs> uh, and they're like, you know, I don't want to listen to your band on the gram. Uh, yeah. That's fun. Right. Uh, um, but, um, but anyway, so I'd like, there's just so much stuff out there that's new. Like you know that Portugal the man and and stuff like that. Like, like I'm open minded to all of it. Um, still, where like I remember talking to my dad like in the '80s, and he was like, "Anything after 1969 rubbish, just trash." Just mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, there's right. there's really good music being made. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like Wilco, but it's good. Uh, like it's you know it's good music, uh, but like even stuff like like the. Sometimes nothing beats a one-hit wonder. Sure. That freaking yeah. Gautier song that someone yeah, I used great. to know. I bought that album. Oh, my God. I, I listened to some other stuff. I liked the other stuff that they had. Yeah, the on, album was solid. Yeah, on YouTube. But the only one that ever caught on was that someone yeah. I used to know. I read up on that guy, and uh, he just doesn't like actively produce a lot, I guess. Uh, and... Uh, He's from Australia or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah, I want to say that's, that's And um, the, I think the girl that was on that cut, though, she's pretty active and I think is more of a... I think she's done solo stuff, but... Yes, yeah, so I looked up at some of her solo stuff. She's got a great voice. Yeah. Uh, but th- the catch in that is we all have a relationship that ended and then that person that, be- that was so important to you at that time just become someone you used to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. At, like at one time you woke up every morning, you thought about that person. You thought about that person all throughout. If you didn't, then you know you're an asshole. Like whatever you you, you were, your dick to or whatever. Right. But if you really had someone you cared about, like they consume you, right? Like it's it's in your brain. And then when it's over, they're just someone you used to know. Like it's nothing anymore. It's gone. It's right, like, right. You know, it's just this Very thing. Relatable for a lot so, of people. Right. So like that, just. I think caught people and then oh, yeah, it's good sentiment. that weird ass well, really. like guitar pick thing that they did in there is really good too there were so many yeah. people that like copied that like and did like, oh yeah there's a lot of people that kind of did that that sort of vibe yeah and it was um, you know the, 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 the smart hook of that unique tone quality for that little melody right you know there were there like a I think I want to say there was like a little bell part in there too. There's something a little metallic like, bell part in there, maybe or something. There was, was a hooky. video of um, there was a video of another band that they laid a guitar down on the table, and someone hit the guitar, someone picked the guitar, someone did something, but it was the exact same thing, sure. and five people were playing the same instrument. Oh, interesting. Uh, what you call it? Uh, um, 
but yeah, it, it just was. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's a unique sound for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to see if. Yeah, another thing that a lot of bands picked up on when it was a, a thing, I forget which band sort of had a hit with it first, but it, the whole uh, whistling, you know, oh, whistling yeah, the, yeah. the melody, oh you know. There's so many songs that have great whistling. That, uh, uh, um, or or or, or the uh, the stomp and the clap production aspect, you know, that became a thing for a while. Right, right, right. Um, oh, there we go. There we go. So yeah, right. Five people My playing. Experience one guitar. It's not something without you was a blast. Um, I felt like getting to hear. Too many ads on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheba, what cats want? So they're all going to play. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> that wild? Yeah, that's great. Someone's just like using their fingers as percussion on there. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Wild, right? I mean, they, yeah. YouTube's full of, you know, people doing interesting things with instruments or things that, you know, aren't meant to be instruments, but, you know. Well, I mean, so with the drum thing, like, pretty wild when you see a guy on the street with the five-gallon drum, five-gallon bucket, and they're just going to town on that bucket. You know, like, we were down in New Orleans, and there's so many street performers down there with that stuff. That's great. Like, the New Orleans thing was like I always like liked a bunch of different music. A guy standing next to me on the street had a trumpet, and he started playing when the Saints go marching in. And I was mm-hmm. standing on Bourbon Street in New Orleans, and I was drunk, but I just stopped and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, it's this great. This guy when is just right there. wailing on this thing right yeah. here in front of me, and then I think from then on in. Like, I don't know, my ear changed for it, and I would hear horns and songs. Sure. And I'm like, I always liked this Cure song. I didn't realize that there were so many horns in it. Oh, until sure. Now. Yeah. And like, now it's like something that I, I only hear the horns, you know? Yeah. I'm like, this is awesome. What is that, uh, what is that tune? The Cats is in the title, isn't it? No, no. It's uh, Close to Me. Oh, Close to Me. I want to say and I want to say that the I want to say that's it I want to say that's the in that song that's not Why Can't I Be You no it's close to me uh, oh Why Can't I Be You yeah, that has someone in it too right Does, but what's the one where it escalates in the end and it's like a horn like uh, I thought that was close to me uh, what's your call um I'm not sure if if it wasn't like a hit, I I won't I wouldn't know it because I I don't have like a a catalog of of Cure in my brain. Yeah, no, I I, uh, <clears throat> I definitely have uh, always uh, dug the Cure, but um, the uh, it, it, so it's it, that song the horns pick up on it. they. Uh, uh, they go from like almost no horns to. Yeah. I don't know if I, I'm terrible at it on the spot as far as that goes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
I know this song. <laughs> this is that song. Yeah. band I'm in, Dan Doherty band, they covered The Cure for Halloween. I don't know if they did this one or not, but yeah. Well, yeah, in the end, he's and all that's yeah. going on. And it's just like, you know, I, I think I always liked that Cure song, but until I started like seeking out, like hearing horns and stuff, like, uh, and I mean, there's bands that like the Dire Straits make reference to, like, you know, they know the rock band, ain't a horn playing band or something like that. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, I mean, there's so much different music out there um, like that people should, I don't know, pay more attention to. Like a lot of times for people, I think it's just background stuff, but uh, there's certain songs that like, and like my son Peyton is always like saying, he's like, he's like, I can't believe the range that like Led Zeppelin has. He goes, you got the immigration song, which is like this Viking, you know, hammer of the gods mm -hmm. and thing like that going on. And then Stairway to Heaven is like a totally different thing. And then I go, yeah. I go with the rap on them, like, you know, that they stole a lot of blues songs. Like those were like, you know, not their songs sort of thing. And they just yeah, sang. That was, was much earlier in their career, but yeah. Yeah, right. But I mean, the Stones yeah. were the same way. You know, they did Red Rooster and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the, the good thing about the Stones, though, is that they did make an effort to uh, bring those blues guys along with them. And, like, Definitely. They pulled them on stage. Yes, and, and I think like, it's great if you become... The media. This them. massive band like the Rolling Stones. Like, right, yeah. you get the power then to go get Muddy yeah. Waters and yeah. bring them out there and yeah. stuff like that. The, the, the Zeppelin, man, they... they they had their own jet and everything like that, but they didn't share none of that with those American blues artists. No, that they, no probably not, right? I mean, you know, the, it's un, you it's unfortunate, and yeah, they do get they do get flack for that, right? But they, you know, to their credit, they did find their own voice. You know, I think by by the third album, and you know, definitely by the fourth. To where um, my very first album I ever bought was Led Zeppelin two. Yeah, very first that, and I bought a, a, a Black Sabbath a double album uh, for the uh, what is it? Not for those about to rock. The we sold our souls for rock oh, and roll. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, those are my two first albums that I bought. But uh, and that Led, Zeppel Led Zeppelin album two. If I hear a song off of two, I like I distinctively know like I know the next song. Yeah, you know, sure. like I always you know it that like, well. You know, yeah. uh, which is a lost thing too now, because everything's on Spotify, and yeah, a lot of people don't to, stream full albums. Right, artists mm. used to put albums together, so you got a certain feel. Like Pink Floyd was a real good one about that, uh, putting an sure, album together sure. that had a certain kind of theme or a certain feel. Uh, I just saw a documentary; it was called uh, "Squaring the Circle." And it, yeah, I've been wanting to watch that. The album art. Hypnosis. Yes, Hypnosis, yeah. And I mean, just amazing stuff that those guys did for Led Zeppelin, for Pink yeah, Floyd. Yeah. Uh, for me, that stuff Gotta is just that. like, that's another art genre that I don't think is respected the same way as oil painting and, and stuff like that. No, yeah, because it's somewhere in between uh, design and fine art you know it's pop art in a I sense. mean photography to be, to be is amazing stuff right like they've got some amazing uh, one of the, like the TV that's in the, that other room out there 
if you don't mess with the TV, it goes to like a screen that just keeps doing different photos, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and stuff like that. And some of them, like, if you're sitting there, it's like, man, that's really an amazing, like, landscape photo that this guy took of a mountain or a lake or sure. something like that. So, like, I don't know. Like, and then that goes back to the AI thing because AI is going to just create that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you wonder what art itself is. The, you heard the last Beatles one, right? The uh, Oh, yeah. Now and then. Did you watch the documentary on I how they made it? Saw the saw the thing where they used the AI. They got the tape from John Lennon, and 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 the AI kind of filled in the gaps and and made the song because the recording. It was just kind of well, it didn't necessarily fill in the gaps as much as isolated his vocal out from the piano. Okay. So the the great thing about after watching that there documentary that made me feel better about the whole thing is that. Um, it retained its integrity of what it was. It wasn't like they used AI as a creative resource. It was right. more of a, right. a, a an audio tool right. to mix out certain frequencies and things so that they could isolate uh, the content or so get his voice out from the piano. Yes. And then, right. you know... Uh, the rest of the stuff was all stuff that the guys actually played and whatnot. It wasn't like twenty years from now, though, when they're all gone. Twenty years from now, they're all they're all off the planet, and AI can just write a new Beatles song. Do you listen to it? Like it I can mean, be like John I've already Lennon. done that, yeah. Because Google's been like Google a couple of years ago, maybe like I don't know. It was like. Beethoven's birthday or something like that and they did the whole thing of like the Google thing with his picture or something or maybe it was Bach I don't know it was some composer and then they like had it where you could compose like them yeah right you know right. It, that's AI you know because it's it's, yeah. it's doing a certain amount of crafting of, of the sure. tune in the style and uh, you know it. so I mean the short answer to that is I probably would but hopefully it's done ethically in the sense that whoever owns the, like the likeness, the publishing rights, or you know, if that's nobody real, does, right? Then that's a real wild one too, right? Because like Michael Jackson bought all the Beatles masters from Paul McCartney at one time. At one time, yeah, I think he has it all back now. Yeah, right, right, right. But I mean, something. So like for the right price, that artist would sell it all. Yeah. That way yeah. anyway. I mean, it, it could so, be that, like, Paul and Ringo, you know, before they die, sell off their, yeah, their likeness right, right, right. or something so, like, I don't or know if, give it to an estate. Because like, I don't or, know, you know if I necessarily care who makes the money. I just want to hear it if it's, like, if it's really their voice, which, I, you know, I guess they could, send, they, could, they could make it, right? They could make their voice. Uh, well, just, what the AI, AI does is, is go out on the internet and find yes. that content, right? right and so right. It'll, it'll grab that and then craft it in that way. So in a sense, yeah, if, if his voice is on the internet, it's going to grab and the we've voice. We've essentially been doing that for 30, 40 years now because rappers have always sampled rock music in there. Like, I remember being in high school and someone had the Beastie Boys. And I'm like, why is this so awesome? And then probably years later, I realized that most of this is Led Zeppelin riffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. License to Ill was a whole lot of... Rah, 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 rah. Uh, yeah. That's a Led Zeppelin riff, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't know it. That you know and Aerosmith I mean? and... Yeah, right, 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 right. All so those guitar like, rock 
there is a certain part of me that feels like you cheated. Mm-hmm. You took, I mean, the one that I sure. don't like, and I don't like him like as a human being either, is that Kid Rock, like turd. Like, <laughs> but like, you took Sweet Home Alabama and you made it a song about Michigan. Right. But that's Sweet Home Alabama, dude. Like, that, that's just that song. How, I mean, you had to have bought the rights to that, right? Because like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers got sued by Tom Petty for, I can't remember, one of their songs was Last Dance with Mary Jane. And if you listen to both of them, it is. Right. Like, right. And I don't know if it was parallel thinking or it was we heard that, but we didn't realize that we were putting it down. Sure. There yeah. could be innocence involved mm-hmm. in this, right? Yeah. Even uh, uh, there was an opening band for Led Zeppelin, and they had a song very similar to uh, Stairway to Heaven. Right. And they had a big lawsuit. Yeah. Now, in that lawsuit, it came time. out that it wasn't... They said it wasn't. They said right. it was, you know, whatever. But... Like, at and that's some been point, going on for yeah. But at some you know, point, you're gonna run out of music things you can do, right? That are different. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some American standard. I don't know if it's God Bless America or America the Beautiful or one of those classic American tunes. Yeah, that is also uh, a theme for some British. Uh, American or a British standard uh, like right. tune of the country yeah. I can't remember what it is but you can go back you can listen I'll have to see if I can find it you know afterwards and send it to you or something like that but you know uh, so it goes way back to you know centuries of like people lifting yeah, 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 musical sure, themes sure, 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 and, and, and sort the of one regurgitating them as something else like Definitely not something new that started with the advent of recorded music, but it definitely made it easier, you know. Sure. What's the, um, there's a goofy, uh, what's the Marvel one with uh, Ryan Reynolds that's dead? uh, Ryan Reynolds is who? Deadpool? Deadpool, right. So he's Deadpool, and in one of his movies he's like, why does the Frozen theme song sound like you know, the gentle, Papa, can you hear me? Oh. And he was singing both of them, and it is. It's very, yeah. very similar sure. to the two things. But you don't know if that's like parallel thinking, like I said, or, or, yeah, or yeah. what. But uh, so, but as far as AI goes, like, I, I guess I would be more interested in if AI could make an original song, not something that's got the same, it's got like, because that's a real difficult sure. thing to do, especially with a big band. Yeah, right now, it, it all AI is, for the most part, using prompts. So you have to tell it to do something for it to do something. But yeah, that's the scary part is when it becomes autonomous thinking. Yes. It's and, also scary <laughs> when, when they plug some things into AI and it comes out racist. Oh, yeah. You know sure. what I mean? Where like, it turns into like this. And then... But it's also, too, that's also regurgitating what's out there, right? So it's like, it's going to grab. Yeah, I was just listening to some story, I think, on NPR about um, there was some medical research being done, and they were trying to navigate how much sort of, uh, I want to get this right, so I don't want to misspeak, but I think they were trying to navigate how much there was sort of systemic racism in how doctors approach 
patience. And through AI, maybe I think it was, and asking a series of questions about what was actually out there on yeah, the internet. Amplified, amplified the problem. It, it, it showed that there, there that there was certain things that were certain belief systems in uh, in 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 the medical field that were still kind of hanging around that should not be taught anymore because they have new right. findings and that sort of thing. There's but, definitely, for sure, like I know in medical research, there's a heavy, heavy sexual bias because mm-hmm. most things are designed for men and sure. tested right. on men and stuff like that. So like, you know, women don't like figure into the equation, you know. Mm-hmm. They were saying that even, I just watched somebody that was like coming up with a running shoe and she was saying that like almost all running shoes are designed for men's feet. Yeah. Like, you know, using yeah, a men's right. mold and everything else. Right, right. So that's crazy, too. Right. Uh, but, like, so, I mean, like, I look into AI a lot, and I know, like, some, like, it's the Paul Bunyans of the world that don't want change. If there's a wonderful thing that's going to come out of it, then I want that wonderful thing, right? Like, if, like, everything that you do in your life, like, if you go and you're, like, unloading a truck... You learn by trial and error. Well, it didn't work grabbing it like that. You know what I mean? I can grab it like this. It didn't work stacking the things like this. I got to stack. Oh, I'll get a wheelbarrow and I can carry even more of these things that I'm unloading out of the truck. So you learn by trial and error. And that's really what AI does, right? It runs scenarios, but it runs millions of them in a second. So it gets to the answer way, way faster than, than, than people would when it comes to research. Like if AI is going to solve all kinds of like cure cancer and like you know solve all kinds of problems then i'm all for it like like let, let, let's let's rid humans of these problems that they're having right like i mean i'm a guy that's paralyzed like it would be great if ai could be plugged in and like figure out how to fix a spinal cord sure awesome um i actually signed up for Neuralink. um you know, familiar with that? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I mean, it's pretty invasive, right? Like, they're yeah, going to cut yeah. my skull open if I do it, put a uh, implant in my brain, right. and then an implant in my spinal cord below my injury, so it jumps over the spot. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. like, it literally, like, you know, get up and walk sort of thing. Now, Crazy. I'm guessing lots of time how to learn how to, you know, use the same neural pathways and stuff like sure. that. But, like, they know that this science works because they've got a guy that like without the implant they put a helmet on him and they put the leads on his head and he can like get up out of his chair and walk a little bit that's amazing um so it's there uh will ai like run this scenario like if it does then great then they should do that because people shouldn't suffer you know what i mean sort of thing if there is a way to produce energy that you know ai could figure out i'm all for it but do we draw a line at art? Do we draw a line at like, hey, like can we just focus on the things that are like important, like you know, make the world right. a better place? Uh, I think that you know my right wingers will flip out. I think that they should run scenarios for government through the AI. Like if you took, like we should have to do this on our own, but we're you know we're too political. Um, because I don't have a political party. Like, I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I just want solutions, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, right. that means you should be able to take an AI program, plug into it, what is the absolute best way 
best outcomes, best cost, you know, uh, best scenario for healthcare. How can we do this? And AI should be able to spit it out and say, it should be a hybrid of this, this, and this, and this. Just if like it this. doesn't do that, like today we're just using AI for in a, in a marketing meeting, right? And uh, we gave it some prompts and everything like that. And um, everybody's first step is to kind of look at its answers and take those at, at face value and take those as ideas. Um, I, I brought up the, the, the point that, okay, <clears throat> due to the fact we know how AI delivers answers that it's given, that it's going out there finding stuff on the internet, look at what it delivers a little bit more critically and ask yourself the question, what is missing? Yeah. And then that way you know what is not out on the internet yeah, right, and right. and what might need uh more thought you know uh from a human sure. <laughs> to, to find those yeah. sort of answers right or or to um get out on the internet if it's if it's knowledge that's had but it's not being retrieved by ai so there's also that sort of like reverse engineering of thought with ai where where instead of it hopefully giving you uh, a pro, uh, an answer maybe it'll help humans find an answer by what we're not seeing yeah right right, right. yeah things that's not right, given right. us I mean it's in its infancy right now so you know like AI is just going to get better and better at this thing because it's going to it's going to gather more information right sure. so like I mean it's like a baby right now with the amount that an AI system would have Time and that's the other thing that that's what uh, from my understanding of AI, that's its main uh, advantage is time. It can do things on like quad, you know, like yeah, yeah. quantum computing level that we can't do. It would take us years and years to figure this out, mm-hmm. and this thing can figure it out like way way faster than that. Um, the jobs thing is a little crazy, right? But I I kind of giggle because like I'm. A contractor, right? So, like, we're at someone's house doing these jobs. Like, the one job that AI is not going to take is like it's not going to be a plumber. Yeah, yeah. There's there's only so much it's actually able to do. Excuse me. At this point, um, yeah, but it's able to be a lawyer. It's able to be a doctor. It's able to be a surgeon. Only to a to a certain point, as you still need, you know, the human touch as far as like. No well, one's going to be able to just surgery, be... Huh? The Neuralink surgery yeah. is 100% done by a robot. Yeah, but who's controlling that? No, no, it's not uh, like a guy doing a robotic arm. Like, it's literally like you go in there and it does the... Like, they got a video of the machine. The robot does the entire... Because I guess the really Somebody's got to... Some human's got to program, program that. It. Definitely, definitely. It gave it all involved. the information to start with. Yeah. But, like... Their what their their position is is that it is far less dangerous for this machine that does it perfectly sure. to do it than a human's hand because he sure. could slip he could do something wrong where this machine won't sort of it's like you know it's I like think robotics though is a little, that's a little bit of a different category though because that's that's more of the tool than than the brains behind the tool right all I'm saying so is like, it's taking a job. 
Hmm? It, that, that would have been a surgeon's hands that had do right, that one right, time, right. and now it's not. Yeah. So, like, there's literally a surgeon that's not doing that job. Like, you know, like uh, um, automation, like I guess. Like a painter. Would, yes. Painting the painting. Right. But automation would be uh, more of a, the right term instead of yeah, AI. Yeah, yeah. But... Like, they're saying semi-truck driving is going to be a thing of the past at one point. Like, sure. all the over-the-road semi-truck drivers are going to be. And right now, they've got guys sitting in a passenger seat with a set of controls, but the computer's doing all the driving. Sure. They've got right. setups for, like, Amazon where the truck docks itself. Unmanned forklifts unload the truck. The truck leaves. It fuels itself at a fueling station, Crazy. gets loaded by other machines, and then drives cross country to another place. And there's a, right now there's a human in the passenger seat to make sure nothing goes wrong. Right. But like they did a, I watched a documentary and the guy's like, nothing goes wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I got some friends that live in California where there's driverless cars everywhere. And they tell me there's accidents all the time. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. That but, like, so they still say though that it's, I don't think it's ever going to be like 100%. Yeah, but they say that the... So I drive a Subaru, and it's got like the eyes and stuff on there. Like that car won't let me hit stuff. Yeah. Like if I'm running up on somebody that's turning, my car breaks. Like on its own, stops itself. Like it's got the... uh, um, What is the... uh, It's a cruise control that does... I can't remember what they call it, but... Like, if I get behind somebody yeah. and I have my cruise control set at 85 and he's at 75, it slows down to 75 oh, wow. till he gets out of the way and then my car speeds back up again. Because it's got the, you know, depth perception thing going on, right? Is that uh, affordable? I mean, is that at the point now to where the average person can buy that car? Yes, the, that my car wasn't expensive. It's a, yeah. I mean, the base model of my car that comes with eyesight... It's like twenty six thousand okay. dollars. So not crazy expensive. I mean, okay. you know, you get regular like uh, you know fabric seats and stuff like that. I, I got the little bit more expensive one. Yeah. But uh, that's two thousand seventeen. Mm. So I mean, now that's old technology. Yeah, right. <laughs> kind right, of right, at right, this point. Right. So like, it's not even uh, you know like new new stuff. Yeah. Um, but that in that scenario. Like, it's got the lane control thing where, like, mm-hmm. it keeps me in the lane and everything else. Um, it has to make... Like, I was we test drove a Tesla not that long ago. Yeah. And you can put the screen on a thing where every car on the road is on the screen next to you. Crazy. A lot of cars, I don't even know how they do it. Somehow they gather information from all the cameras around it, and they show you what it looks like from above the car. It's a video. Nuts. And it's straight down on it's AI filling in the gaps yeah, as yeah, to yeah. what's going on. But if a person walks up to the side of your car, you see the top of their head. That's crazy. The video, the camera can't be there. It's not a, yeah, it's not yeah. a camera there. Um, so, like those are things that are gonna make autonomous driving safer than people driving because there's accidents with people driving all the time oh, too. Yeah, totally. Right. So I mean. <laughs> um, and it, but the problem is, is people won't trust it. It'll be, you know, like yeah, that. Yeah. But if it's better, my brain says, because I'm a progressive, let's do the thing that's better. Right, right. So if, if healthcare be plugged into this thing and it says do it like this, because it'll cost less, you'll have better outcomes, then let's do it like that. But it, currently in this country, we do it the worst on the planet. Yeah, I think I think it boils down to like, once you could sell people on 
the affordability. You know, if you can make something affordable. Right, 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 right. That's right. really what I, I just think that we could probably have AI do things like that, mm-hmm. but then also, like you said, I think the best scenario is what you said. Have it where it's, this is AI-created art, but it's AI-created art, so you know that it's AI-created art. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and if you want the art that, that Joe creates, then go buy the art that Joe creates. Yeah. But if you like this... Then Apples can, and oranges, you know. Right, right, right. So it's two different things. Because I think it's going to be... I mean, that whole uh, writer's strike and everything was all about that. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, and, you know, to the point of, of AR art, like, you'll be able to have something digital, but at this point... There's no, there's no, uh, well, the writers, there's no robot like going and and painting the AI created art. So you're not getting the canvas to hang up in your house, you know? So there's that sort of aspect. They were saying that AI could write a, like it's, I guess it's. The script. Yes. Yeah, and I've, I've heard people talk about that too. Uh, well, think I've about a sitcom. Interviews and, and two they're and like, it's not. Two and a half men could probably easily be written by a computer. Yeah. Uh, I heard that like a lot of it, it like kind of falls flat though, and like you'd still need someone to come in and, and, and punch it up, punch it up, and, yeah, right, and, and right, right. you know give it uh, the humanity. You know, right, but it sounds like it's just a way for the big wigs to not pay someone to do the grunt work. Sure. So again, people out of jobs. Right. Like that <clears throat> stuff to me all leads back to. We are going to be in a world of uh, UBI, universal basic income, at some point, mm-hmm. because so many people are going to be out of jobs. And what's cra- it has to be universal basic income because, listen, the guy who me who's not going to be out of a job, you still going to give me money, dude. Yeah. Like I'm not going to do my job while everyone else sit at home. Yeah. Like that's not going to happen. It becomes like a big sort of a situation, like the industrial revolution was, where you know he got huge swaths of people who um, have to reinvent their life yes, for yes, a new for sure. form of lifestyle and, and work. But that would lead me also back to when Andrew Yang was running on UBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying that, listen... And that's an old idea. That yeah, was around at the, at the inven- invention of this country. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, so, but the thing is, is this. More people should do the art thing that you do, right? They should learn how to play the drums. They should learn how to play guitar. They should learn how to sing and stuff like that. Because that's the reason to be alive, right? That's the reason to, like, you know, what a Churchill say, like, when the Nazis were still on the art. You know what I mean? Like, this is more important than that because this is why we're humans and stuff like that. So if everybody had a universal basic... So, like, say you could get AI and automation to take care of a lot of the things that we need to produce energy, to, to you know produce food, to do these things, right? Like, it could just be automated. You're either going to have to choose a capitalist system that says, well, Paul and Joe own all of that and we just pay them. But in the end, that doesn't make any sense because sooner or later when the other people can't work for those people, they can't make money to pay for the services. It's not going to work out. Sooner or later, you're going to have to look at a country and say, okay, these are the country's resources. We're going to harvest these resources. We're going to dole these resources out to people. And then 
you're going to be able to do the things you want to do with your life. And if you look at like uh, American Indians, um, a lot of predator animals, like uh, a cheetah doesn't run around doing an eight, a nine to five job. <laughs> yeah. They go, they catch their food. Yeah. Then they loaf. Yeah, right. <laughs> Same thing as American Indians, man. Once they had the buffalo and everything else, they loafed. Mm-hmm. They, they did what they wanted to do. They, you know, played the drum. They did whatever they want to do to, to enjoy their life. I think in a lot of aspects, Americans have it wrong, right? We're doing this thing where it's like we just grind, 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 sure. grind. Yeah. When is the time? Like, they, they say stuff like there should be a work-life balance. balance. Well, wait, there should be actually be like a life, life. and then work is just this tiny yeah. thing that you do to make life happen. Like, I was intrigued by That's the, the way I look at right, my life. Right, kinda. right, which is a great way to look at it. The problem is you can't pay the bills a lot of times right. on that look. There was a, uh, my day used to talk about it, there was a movie star like back in the 50s or something like that, and he used to just pop up and make like one or two movies a year and then get on a sailboat the rest of the time and just sail. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't want to be a movie star. But he, he had the looks and everything else so he could make the money. He just wanted to go sailing and do it. Yeah. That's awesome, right? Yeah. Go fucking do what you want to fucking do. Yeah. The problem is, is you're always trying to catch up with the fucking Joneses. Right. You're trying to like keep up with everybody. But like, And some of that has to do with money management. If we would right. teach kids how to manage money better... Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I think that should be a huge part of high school. Manage money better and also... Set your expectations at, you know, like, uh, there's so many people that we work for that, like, we build them uh, a $40,000 project. And while that $40,000 project's going on, they're getting $30,000 of landscaping done around this project. I'm like, wow, you just get it all right now, huh? Like, for me, it'd be like, if it was my project at my place, I put in the this thing, and then... Six months later, I start putting some bushes in. Like, you know sure. what I mean? Like, I add to it and add to it and add to it. And I can afford these things. Right. Where, like, if someone's taking a loan out for the full 80 grand for what they're doing, they're going to pay finance charges and everything else sure. on top of it. So, like, you know, I don't know. Um, expectations should be different, too. Like, I don't really... I've never been someone that, like, you, you can keep your McMansions. Like, I don't want the right. $600,000 yeah, house in totally. Vision, You know what I mean? Sort of thing. I want something unique, something that, you know, mm-hmm. on the water like I'm on and stuff like that. I mean, like, you know, you're sitting in front of a 340-gallon fish tank that yeah, we put in. and like cool. You know, uh, right. So, I mean, it's just stuff that, and it's not, like, this place is not big in any sense. It's nice to be here and stuff. Yeah. I have my life set up where... I work those nine months out of the year, and then the three months I'm off, I get to enjoy being at my house. That's like, great. Relax. Yeah. Uh, but, like, there needs to be more of that in life because you don't know how long life's going to be and stuff like that. So, like, sure. I don't know. I don't know where it goes, but, um, yeah. I mean, and people need to do more. Go out to the big basin and see, uh, you know, <laughs> guys play the drums and stuff That's like right. that. For sure. But. Yeah. No, I agree. I, uh... You know, the old adage of, like, uh, do what you love or whatever and you never work a day in your yeah. life or something sure. like that. Like, um, you know, I, if, if you can actually get there, that's that's great. But a bulk of people have to do a day job and then do what they love on the yep. side. Yep. So it's like, now, get I, a I mu- say as much I of that in as possible. I really do. 
I love going, I love the lifestyle of doing construction. I love being outside. I mean, my day is outside every day with the radio on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's nice. You yeah. know what I mean? Just I'm out here doing what I want to do. Yeah. We get to build stuff. I get to like be creative in a certain way and stuff yeah. with, with stuff. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you know, I'm lucky enough to, I say lucky, but I'm not lucky. Like, everything that I've done has been just off the back of like hard work, grind, grind, yeah, grind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, clearly, I'm paralyzed from my chest down. I'm not a lucky guy. Um, no one's been like, that lucky ass Bill. Uh, <laughs> but uh, like, I'm, I'm fortunate enough, I should say, or something like that, to be in a position that I've been the boss since sure. like I'm 23 years old. That's also nice, right? Because right? I mean, right. I can just shut it down any time. Um, I told one of my friends the other day, I said, listen, if uh, John Stewart ran for president, I would close my entire company up, sell stuff off, and just go work for his campaign for mm-hmm. whatever it took. Because I believe in a guy like that, right? Yeah, I believe sure. in a guy that's got that's done things for first responders and, and, yeah, and, military. and military people and stuff like that the way he has. And I believe in his communication skill and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think that something could get done that would change things for the better for most people. Yeah. Um, so... You know, I would definitely uh, do that in a heartbeat. Just because, yeah. fuck it, why not? Yeah. I mean, I said I signed up for that Neuralink thing, and I had a friend of mine. She was like, "Are you out of your mind? Like, there's a whole pile of dead monkeys from that research. Like, it's risky. You could get an infection. You could, you know, they get a blood vessel in your brain, and you're screwed." Sure. And I'm like, yeah, but like. I don't know. I can also, you know, like help a bunch of people after me, like walk. Sure. So like that'd be something too, right? Yeah, like and if I died that way, well then I guess I died that way. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. You know, it's a, I'm still deciding on that on that that front. But yeah. Uh, yeah, life's definitely a journey, and like I said, there should be more. Like going to listen to, like I think there's people out there that have not seen a lot of live music, and live music is a damn treat for sure. Yeah, it's a different thing. I like a studio version of a song, but to go see someone perform it, like I had yes, this song, the energy yep. behind it is. I was showing him because we listened to like James Brown and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, love James Brown. Yeah, but you have a knowledge of like you've seen him perform. Yeah, just some videos. You know. Yeah, right, 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 right. But I mean, amazing performer with all the oh, dancing. Yeah, totally. Like, and if you put him next to Prince. Oh, he was influenced by that oh, a lot. Absolutely. All that sidestepping oh, totally. and everything else, and then mm-hmm. the splits and all—that's yep. Prince right there. Uh, my son had this past weekend had never seen Prince perform and never seen James Brown. Wow. Listens to both of those artists all the time. Loves yeah. the music. Just never seen a visual. He one. was like, "Oh my god!" James Brown did this thing where he's like doing the feet back and forth, back yeah. and forth. He hit the microphone. Did the splits? The microphone fell back. on his back, yeah. and he stood back up again. And Peyton goes, "Was that on purpose?" Yeah. I'm like, "Damn straight, that was on purpose." That guy was in a studio practicing that move. Absolutely. With that for the entire yeah. time. I mean, same way as the guys with the guitars throwing around themselves and playing and stuff like that. Like, yeah. That's all. If you've not show. watched it, uh, have you ever watched the Tammy Show? I. It's a concert from the '60s. No. But I have not. Um, it's a it's a, a variety concert, so it's got like James Brown and I think Janet Dean and uh, I think the Stones. Um, 
but it's a it's a super famous concert and uh and uh james brown's performance is just nuts it's outstanding yeah, sure, you know because sure. it's so early on right. in his career and it just must have blown everybody's mind right 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 well it's Jimi hendrix stuff too right like a yeah. lighting the guitar on fire playing it behind his head yeah all that stuff in there and everything else i mean uh, total innovators right 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 innovators and just like wild ass shit that they did with that stuff but i mean you know that's like i said that's why people need to go out and see live music being played it's cool to hear a great drum drum riff but it's also awesome to see a guy like you know playing it that way like it's like oh look at that That that's you know pretty fucking awesome if you, no one told you that John Bonham was playing barehanded I don't know if you'd know yeah and that uh, you know on those solos yeah 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 yeah. I don't know you know it, it, unless you're you're a drummer and have a, a sense of that kind of thing yeah like uh, cause there's also effects on those drums too uh, which makes them sound a little weird. I think there's like a little phaser or flange effect on it, and um, uh, it lends to some of the odd tone quality of it. Sure, sure. But at the same time, um, it's almost like it, it could have been mallets or something. His fists are just <laughs> such beasts. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, and he was just so uh, confident and... and, uh, and uh, that I'm looking for. So I don't know sure if, of what he yes, was doing. Sure, it was sure. very, he was not tentative at all. I don't know how some of those people did it and at the same time were drug addicts the way they were. Yeah, no, I think about that often too, just being in the scene and, and, and you know, being around people um, who, you know, drink or, or have done something else. And, yeah, right. Uh, who can get along and like play really well and perform really well? I think that like, Ray Charles was a heroin really, addict and uh, I don't making, know. I don't remember. But well, I'm just it? saying. I mean, like that. That's you know, in the Ray documentary, there's a heroin oh, addict. Yeah, he gets caught with heroin twice. Um, well, that's and, like Charles Bird. Yeah, you making know, saxophone all this player, music. like crazy saxophone player, like you know, being able to do these crazy licks and everything, and Charlie Parker. Yeah, um, right, right, yeah, right, right, uh, right, being strung out too, though. Yeah, you know, like the the musician, like if you take if you took the drugs out of the equation, the, the level of musicianship would it it would just what was get the black woman that better, was uh, you know? the black woman singer that was that, and then Janis Joplin obviously had her mm. drug issues and stuff like that, and I mean she could wail, uh, but like. Yeah, I mean, just crazy the the amount of yeah. I just it's a wild thing, but we should wrap it up, man. It's yeah, two hours and forty wow it's five crazy. minutes. So <laughs> went, went a while. Good conversation. No, it was great. Great, great. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I I I love a conversation about music. I mean, that kind of yeah. stuff. And then like everyone's always got so much that they can add to it as far as you know stories that they know and stuff like that. So it's great. Yeah. I appreciate your time, man. No, thank you for having me, Bill. People go out and and see Brett uh, play the drums. Check out one of the gigs. A couple before the end of the new year, and then be booking some more. 
Awesome. 24. Cool. I mean, like I said, I don't really care about the subscribe thing, but uh, it's always nice to have more people looking at it. So check it out. I know it's long-winded, but if you got a long car ride or something like that, you know, it's not a bad conversation to have in your ears. So cool, man. Cool. Thanks. Thanks.